All right. What podcast is this? Number 10? Is it number 10? I think so. Wow. That's Within quick. Just, un, just over Three a weeks. Month. Yeah. yeah. Three, four weeks. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so That's I'm quick. here with Alan Sihafone. Is yep. that how you pronounce it? Yeah. You can go either way. It's actually Alan with an I. <laughs> <laughs> so it's spelled Alan because my parents got married in France. So they gave me and my sister French names. So it's meant to be Alain, like like Alain Prost or whatever it is. Have you got is. French blood? No, you? no. I have. Do you? My my um my grandpa's my dad's side. Mm. My grandpa's dad was a hundred percent French. Wow. No Asian in him whatsoever. Shoot. That's crazy. He screwed an Asian woman, and we all look Asian. That's a that's the thing that I always thought about people who come from like Southeast Asia. I mean, because the French colonized the place, right? So down I don't know. I don't know. I'm really fucking vague uh, on, on like history and shit. Like 40s or whatever, like the French colonized the place. That's why the Vietnamese have baguettes and shit like that. You know, there's a lot of uh, French influence. Yeah, 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 so yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if somewhere down the line, some Frenchman was fucking someone in my family. <laughs> you know, like who knows, dude? <laughs> you never know. You never know. But that's interesting. So they got married in France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after the... Um, after the Vietnam War when they got separated because they were both in a refugee camp in Thailand. That's where they met. Uh, and wow. then, um, that's pretty heavy. It is pretty heavy, right? It's like a, it's already a... It's that weird generation gap where we is. never did anything no, difficult. No, exactly. Our parents fucking... Our parents did so much hard 100%. work to let us and do podcasts like oh this. Oh, yeah. And, my, yeah, and like a, lo- <laughs> a lot of day. my mates who, who their parents are immigrants and they don't let their kids forget about it too. They'll be like, you know, I, I had to cross the fucking river to get I, here. And, I, I can know. understand that. Yeah. If you're being disrespected to the point where kids are disrespecting their parents today, then... But the thing is, you whip something out like that and they don't even understand it. Yeah. Because they've never had to do anything so sacrificial in their lives. Yeah. We're very lucky to be here and do what we do. I mean, because when yeah, my parents left Thailand after the um, after the war, and my my mum got shipped to France with her sisters because there were like exit schemes after the um, after the refugee camp. Okay. So they're kind of like, well, if you don't want to stay here with the communists and all that kind of stuff, like then you we'll help you out, but there's an exchange to settle you in other countries and stuff like that because it was very much still a, a, um, a war zone, right? Okay. Um, so my dad, got, uh, my dad got flown here to Australia mm. and my mum went to France with her sisters. Right. And they were writing love letters to each other for fucking, I don't know how long. And then my dad flew to France and married my mum. Then they travelled the world for a few years and then I like came the back here, I like the sound of like, you know, that's that, that whole love drives you to fly somewhere to be yeah. with someone and it's I, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. almost gone these it's days. I'm gone. not saying it is, but it's like... It, no, well, well, with the accessibility of people worldwide, you know, like... It's like the world is smaller, but people are lazier so smaller, for some reason. So much smaller. But yeah, it's because it's the accessibility. It's so easy to talk to someone overseas. It's so easy to talk to someone, but yeah. you know, it's, it's... You don't have to write l- letters and wait yeah months for the letter e- to even reach writing you. letters yeah you're right yeah you know so i mean i i, I was brought up pre-email so mm. um i used to write letters love letters mm. all of that yep. uh pen pals yep uh when i was really young or even like um a cartoon that you'd watch would have a club you yeah know, and then you'd sign it you'd send in yeah, a yep. self-addressed stamped envelope and 100%. you'd maybe get a sticker or something yep um yep I was still at the cusp of that because yeah. I was still calling into TV shows. 
You know, like in the morning, there'll be like yeah. a cart. Uh, what was it? Cartoon Connection with Agro. Yeah, 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 I used yeah. to call in and try to win like competitions and prizes and stuff. And there was even, only one time. And even on. then, the phone was not a mobile phone, right? It was your house it phone. It was your house was phone. Still, you still had That's a house right. phone. Yeah. Like I still have a landline. Oh, so do I. <laughs> no one uses it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I get a call every now and then, but it's going to be either my mum or Nanami. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Because I reckon her, I thought her and I were the only two people that have uh, landlines. Oh, still, cool! Yeah, that's cool. So on your on your parents, yes, I think it's a I think it's a good topic because sure, you live at home. Yep, and you have actually a more positive relationship from what we've talked about. Yeah, uh, previously you have a better relationship with your parents than ever, really. In in yeah. some ways, yeah, I mean, yeah. I know I know you and your dad having having issues, but generally speaking. Um, I think you've gone from maybe the young person who's always trying to escape from the parents yeah. to actually embracing and respecting your parents a little bit more. It's about, I mean, for me, anyways. Uh, I mean, younger. I think a lot of parent, a lot of kids who got brought up with parents who are very um, Asian, know, very Asian, strict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just they that typically rebel, typical right? immigrant parent family, you know. And they wanted to rebel because it was because their mindset coming here as a refugee is so un-Australian so not I mean, un-Australian but in the sense that it's it's so against the freedoms that we had here you know because completely different completely different and that's why you want to rebel because you think that they um, you think that they're limiting you to to go out and be free so for me it yeah. was the understanding and acceptance of the fact that they did come from that kind of background mm. um, and that they were scared, you know. They came here in the 70s. It was it was still very much a foreign country to them. Mm. Um, they didn't speak much of the language when they got here. Yep. Um, they were in detention centers when you know when they first. My well, dad was scared. In scared is scared, a, right? Scared is a. You, and they you put mentioned up their this walls. the other day, actually. Yeah. So, um, that's an interesting angle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like because they're so brave, they did so many amazing uh, yeah. things in their yeah. lives to set us up. Yeah. But it's amazing that. They are scared. They're scared as well. It's because because they were they they're here and they uh, will will use the term scared, but they put their walls up very high because they um, they thrived in that sense of security. So they're less likely to take risks, mm. which is what people like you and I do when we go out and do creative shit, which is very risky in the in the sense in the in the standard um, Asian sense of what. Uh, uh, a job should it's be. Not it's not a accounting. Uh, it's yeah. not. I mean. Yeah. Uh, I think every Asian kid uh, growing up in the 80s mm. knew that their parents wanted them to do something that made money. Doctor, yeah. accountant, lawyer. I said it even with um, the last podcast with Jono. I think I mentioned that. Oh, no, maybe the one before that. I mentioned sure. that um, my parents did sway me. Mm. Even though my mum was super open, she still made me study graphic design over art. Mm. And I can't believe that I actually let her... Because it's a safety thing. It's a, it's, it's a, in their eyes anyway, they see it as a safe, like you secure need to make job. Money. You, need right. to, you need to somehow make money. Yeah. And mm. it's, in, in, if you were to look at it from any other perspective, or their perspective specifically, mm. it's a high risk to be in a job like that. Because you're right, it's not a, like, they don't see where the job comes from. They don't see where the stability comes from. They don't see where the, the future ahead comes from. Do you think because when they were back at home in another country yep. that they were trying to get out of, mm. it's almost like if it was Hong Kong or China, sure. or it doesn't matter, right? Sure. There's an appreciation for nature here that is undeniable. Yep, 100%. And 
we're romantics at heart being yeah. Australians because yeah. you see a sunset, every mm. motherfucker takes a photo of it. If, it's a, if the skies are amazing, yeah. you'll see on your Instagram feed, everyone took a photo yeah. that day. Yeah, yeah. But we pause yep. to enjoy. We do. Whereas I think maybe back then, especially in the 60s and 70s they in another Asian country, you wouldn't even... No. Yeah, because you were so busy fighting. Their priorities lied with either, yeah, surviving. Surviving. All they needed that to you do didn't was survive. have time to go to no the beach enjoyment. and get a tan. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's almost like we landed here, or we were born yeah. here, yeah. and we could see the beauty. You c- couldn't deny it. We were playing in parks as kids, and you know what I mean? The environment yeah. was there all along. And also, I think, um, coming here, and, and you know how they say it's a land of opportunity, and it's, you know, mm. um, it's a higher rate of people not being poor. Over there, it's a third world country, so yeah. everyone is working to survive. My grandparents on my mother's side had 17 kids. Yeah. Because that's how yeah, you Big used families to were really common too, especially right? in Asia, right? Like, yeah. I think my family... I don't know, there's probably four or five hundred people in it yeah, in, heaps, in heaps. Indonesia. You but know that's how I mean? you survive because it's, you know, distributing the labor between all these kids. And to they're all running your company. It's yeah, almost like they're it's all almost like a together. company. The family is like, it's yeah. run like a company, you know. So and even in Asian countries, there's a lot of um, family that have, they buy a complex. Yep. Uh, even Babs, I think, has, I can't. I've got to stop bringing him up. <laughs> got to get him on the show. He's great. But, um, I, Love it, Babs. It, yeah, but it's like, he has a complex, yep. I think, and the parents live in one building, sure. and it's kind of like kind of like that, you know. You yeah. get married, and you yeah. your wife moves into yep. a little yep. part. Uh, I think that happens quite a lot in Asia. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's how the family structure works back there, and because it, w- w- it, it's w- out of necessity back yeah, there. Yeah, but but here it's kind of like here uh, we can we can school. afford to have the nuclear mum, dad, two kids. We can afford to have that because. Uh, the employment rate is really good. The opportunity is afforded to us in terms of employment, like the, the kind of jobs that we're able to do for mm. a decent amount of pay and not have to worry about where the water comes from, True. where the food comes from. Mm. We don't have to worry about that shit. Mm. We have supermarkets, man, that have that shit for a very affordable price. But what we did have, uh, what we did have was this hardcore rebellious need to fight your parents. Yep. To really make them unhappy yeah. in, do, in, in the process and to stamp our ground for some reason. And, you know, young people are always full of attitude, whatever, yep. but it must really hurt. As a parent, it oh, must 100%. really hurt. And I even remember, like, being really young, like, even 10, 12, 13. Sure. I just wanted to hit the eject button. Like, I just wanted to get out of this house. And I even threatened yeah. pack my bag and I was going to leave, you yep. know, like. We've all had those thoughts, man. What is that? Like, imagine it's having a kid and then wanting, after all the shit that you've been through. It's being a kid and not having that kind of uh, selflessness and understanding to to empathise with your parents. And it's kind of, when you're younger, I mean, I'm sure you're like this as well. You're like, I don't give a shit about anything else. Yeah. I want my, like, my needs come first. Sure. And then you throw a tantrum and that's what it is. You're I like, still do it today. I just want to go <laughs> fucking, I just need to do this, you know? And you uh, get so... Uh, Tunnel, like so much tunnel vision to uh, yeah. what you think is the, the easy way to to get and there, so which is to people cut not, everything not behind even you. It. Yeah, hundred percent, and that's all it is. So I think getting older and having um, having that mind to be able to understand and empathize with my parents, um, it's really been more peaceful. Don't you think that that? I mean, the lesson in that is something that I've been trying to teach young people for sure, years. Sure. It's kind of like 
especially girls mm-hmm. who are sneaking out of the house yeah. and, you know, you go out with a girl and she's like, I can't stay over because, you know, I'm not allowed to stay yeah, overnight anywhere. Stay over, but yeah. it's kind of like, hey, you're 20-something now. Surely you should be able, to, should be able yeah. to. But then it's like you realise a shitload of them aren't because they're, they've been too wimpy. Mm. I, think, I think part of growing up is taking that risk and responsibility mm. to fight with your parents yeah. To prove to them that you're no longer this thing that they, because they're always going to see you as their little yeah. Alan, right? Yeah, and it's 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 that mutual understanding between parent and child that needs to be developed, and it's when I started you understanding. You got to fight. When I, mean, when, I, when I started, I think it made it easier for them to understand me when I first when I started to understand them, right? So you, yeah, so you, because now you, they're more you, accepting. You gave of them this. more respect in the first place yep. in order to. And then they kind of see it from my perspective as well. So when I started working at the magazines, they didn't get it, right? Okay. But then when it all started to, like, this is when it all started to, like, there's all this stuff that I have to, like, I'm showing my parents and they're they're starting to understand it and understand me and what I do more. Mm. Um, And it helped that I had understood how to approach them about that as well. So it's kind of like trying to get that mutual balance between okay, they come from third world country and they yep. got shipped here and all that kind of... They've had a hard life and they just want the best for you and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And understanding that and you're kind of like, well, mum, all the stuff that you went through isn't in vain. Yeah. All the stuff so that you went through... It's recognition. recognition. Like, I'm not disrespecting the journey that you took to bring me here. And when this is me. And when you're 20, you can't say shit like yeah. that. And then, and then now I'm like, this is... This is me taking what you've given me mm. and expanding on that. The, the, the opportunities and, and the freedoms that you gave me by taking the risk to get here, mm. look at what I'm doing with it. Mm. And it's that understanding that a lot of people need to establish, I think. I, I think that's the thing. Like the, it, the fight is essential. Yeah. Like you, you can't be... Um, like if I shoot a girl and then she's like, oh my God, can you take the photos down because my parents found them? Mm. It's like, what, are you doing what in the, first place? the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Because you're an adult now, mm. you know what I mean. Like if you're twenty something, twenty five, it's kind of like it's pretty much high time for y- you, you got to twenty five. You're almost gonna get married and but have children. Yeah. I mean, by the, by the time our parents were twenty five, they were like uh, well on the way to bro. They were they, owning houses, they were they real were, adults. Yes, right. And, and we've these had days, this, yeah. we've been babied for too long. Yeah, way too long. Yeah. So I, I like it. So how, I mean, how's it working out for you? Because you're single. Yep. You're not really locked down to any full-time job not or anything at all. like that. I'm at freelancing. All. It's fantastic. Working from home, working at my own pace. It's awesome. Let's talk about working from home because sure. I've been doing that forever. Yep. I have had a few stints working for the man. Yep. I had Zengarage for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I miss aspects of having... To go to work. Routine. Routine. I definitely don't have any now, but um, let's talk about just working from home. Sure. Like, first, first question everyone would have on their minds is yeah. how do you stay motivated? Um, you got to have late. I mean, when you have to go to oh, work, yeah, yeah. you, you got to put the suit on, yep. you're there, yep. and then you could play on Facebook all day, but fuck, you're still working. Yeah. I mean, the big thing about working from home is self-motivation because a lot of people work from home and they spend half their day smoking bongs and in doing that, yeah. <laughs> We've all fallen into that trap, you know? Yeah. We've all fallen into that trap. But the self-motivation comes from um, the hunger, right? And, and this used to be something that I had plastered on my wall, right? It's like the three Ps. 
passion plus purpose equals profit. Okay. And it was all... I haven't heard of that one before. Right, so... I like the first two bits, not so much the third, but yeah, I get but it. It's like passion plus purpose equals profit. So profit shouldn't be a part of the equation, mm. but it's always... That's... Mm. Ultimately, that's kind of... Whether it's financial profit... Or you can equal success. Or same success, thing. same thing, right? But yeah. it's just catchy with the three Ps yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. But um, so passion plus purpose equals profit. And uh, the passion, mm. you've got to reignite that within yourself most days. Because you have to remind yourself why you're in that position. Like, I have to remind myself... Daily. I, I quit a full-time, well-paying job to do this by myself. Why am I doing it? I'm doing it because... I like having that freedom mm-hmm. to do my creative, uh, at, like to, to work on my creative outlets, to work on whatever I please, really. Yep. And that's kind of, that's, that's, my, that's my passion. I really want to be able to do whatever I want in life, right? Mm. Um, and the purpose is just, what's the mission? Where are you going? And for me, it's just like every day I have to remind myself of like what the goal is. What is the goal? The goal is, for me, anyways... Mm. Mm. In, in, in a lot of respects, a lot of... There's the short-term and long-term, There's obviously. short-term and long-term, right? But yeah. um, seeing what you've done with your career, right? And you're getting to the point where... Well, you've gotten to the point where... I can do whatever you I want. You can do whatever really. you want. Mm-hmm. And it's... I mean, when you started Zen Garage, that was a crystallization of all your passions mm-hmm. as a job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and, it, it is a job. Yeah. But like, it's... I still have a job. Yeah. But it's doing stuff that you like. That's the, the goal for me is being able to have a career doing stuff that I like. Mm. Do, you, do, you, do you ever think, and this is a hard thing for younger people to think about. Sure. I, I swear, sometimes I sound really old. I'm not that old, right? <laughs> but it's like, sometimes I catch myself out. I'm like, young people, young people. I'm, I'm <laughs> fucking hell, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty young-minded, you know? Yeah. But um, I think something that a lot of, okay, not say young people, just say something that I didn't grasp sure. was that, in being rebellious like that, yep. in chasing your passions and purpose and all that kind of stuff, yep. what ends up happening sometimes is that you realize now you've locked yourself into that. You never thought you did. Mm. You just thought that this is where I want to go and this is what I'm into right now. Yep. But then I look back on my life and career and sometimes I realize that I put myself here. Mm. Everything I've done in life was to be here right now. Yep. But now that I'm here, holy fuck, I can't go back. No, can never it, go back, dude. It, it's a really interesting thing because even with like being single and stuff, mm. right? You mm. got to be careful because I'm I'm a fair bit older than you, and now it's almost like, man, I can't even begin to imagine dating again. The, uh, it's so screwed for me now mm. that it's like I didn't expect that. Sure. I, I, I put myself there. Yeah. I'm happy, mm. but then. When I look at the situation, I'm like, wow, I did this. But that's how it should be. I think it's, it, I mean, I think life is all about making choices and not looking back. It's that grass is greener on the other side thing that I was talking about. It's almost like I almost have to ignore that white noise that is always sort of at your heels thinking, what if, what it's if, the what if, what if, it's you know, and like maybe, maybe you, it, it's that I always like to use the word could, mm. but then the word should is always heavier than could sure you could do this you yeah. could do that but then like when it comes to heavier things like that i start to use the word should sure and then it gets like oh my god i've realized i can't go back mm. it's almost like who was that person mm, mm, that mm. was 
100%. able to cop shit from yep. people yep. or what have yep. you. Yep. But then, like, do you think about that? Like, do you think about okay, now that you've now that you've um, because you were quite good in the workforce, I thought, sure, and you were producing at a really consistent rate, which mm. is what happens when you work. Yep, you're you're just another cog in the machine, dude. Yes, but you, yeah, I, I agree. Um, that's why I don't do it because yep. every bit of your writing had your non, none of your name on it. Yeah, it, it, it it's kind of like doing design work uh, for a company, and the company is the, the one company that has owns the portfolio, it. Right? That's right? Yeah. Okay, so, but then it's kind of like now that you're on this journey mm. to work from home, yep. and do what you want to do. It's almost like, do you think about? not being able to go back. I mean, that's the thing we never do. You see, because yeah. we, we, you're so bulls charging. I think, I think you have to be that way. I think when you let the uh, opportunity for that thought to enter your mind, mm. then you start doubting yourself and you start True. second guessing your cho- choices. True, then you slow down. And then you slow down and you're a bit more hesitant and you try to do things a bit more safely, right? Which is, that doesn't work. Uh, well, You've got to take risks. You, you, you have to take risks. And, and yeah. I think... I knew what I signed up for when I took the leap. How I think. When was that? I mean, how long, how long have it's you been? It's been a year. It's been almost a year. One year. Yeah, it's been almost a year. So it's been a crazy ride. I mean, the first couple of months were wicked. Like, it was just a kid in the candy store, right? And it was just all over the place for me. I was all over the shop. just, just enjoying it too much. Right. And I think that that uh, pitfall that... Well, you weren't good at it. It takes time to it get good. It takes time to get good at doing stuff on your own. Well, it takes... Well, obviously, experience is everything. So this is your first year. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like an animal getting released from the zoo, right? They go, oh fuck, and then they go running and shit. And then after a while, like, oh, I don't have a cage now. What do I do? Where's my food? Yeah, where's my food? I gotta go find food now. Where's the water? You know, it's like that. Like, yeah, when caged animals run free, they're like, okay, I'm free now. What? What now? And I think after a couple of months, it got to the point where I was just like, okay, what now? What What about? I mean, I hate talking about money, but. Yeah. When, what I found that when I was on a salary, mm. I had so much money in the bank account because I didn't have time to spend it because I was going to work every day. I was, the, I was see, I'm the, uh, with money, I was the opposite. When I was making money, mm. I feel like I had less money because you had it and you spent it. For me, anyways, I had so it, I spent almost it. Like, yeah. But now I'm like, I'm not getting paid as well as I used to, but fuck am I enjoying it more than ever. I get it. Yeah? Because you made it's it It's more precious. It's so much more precious to me. Yeah. And you earn every ounce of what you get. And I'm really appreciative of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, a, it's like the lesson that our dads have always wanted to tell us. You know, it's kind of like you, you got to balance your play and yeah. you got to, you know. It's like, it's like the difference between going out to the supermarket and buying vegetables and growing vegetables in your backyard. Okay. Explain that one. Like you go, it's so easily accessible, right? Yeah. Like in, in terms of money, right? Mm. You go to a job, you come home every week. There's a pay, there's pay in your account. It's easy, right? But if you're, if you're toiling away, watering the garden every day, making sure the fertilizer in the soil is right, and then the fucking... It could be the worst fucking tomato in the world, but you <laughs> bite into that motherfucker and you're like, this is delicious. Because <laughs> you made it. Because I made it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. It's That's all, what it, it is. I mean, that, that, I, on that thought, it's almost like when I went through a hippie phase when I was younger, because... I, I am that intense guy yeah, yeah. that wants to reject society and stuff, mm, you know? Mm, so mm-hmm. I, I did that. Like, I went out with a girl for seven years who introduced me to weed, mm. um, introduced me to love, and um, she's from Byron. She's a surfer. Her, her dad surfs. Her brother surfs. Um, and I was thrown into beach culture, mm. um, living off the land. They had a, a little... Um, it's great, isn't it? 
yeah, they had this place near Grafton called Sandon River and it was like, there were no shops there. You have to bring your own food. There's two huge fridges that mm. you got to fill up mm. and then you're just surviving. Yeah. Survivor out yep. there, you know yep. what I mean? Living off the grid, man. Um, and I loved that and I really chased it for a while. I even hung out with people that were, like had a clearing in the forest. <laughs> cool. um, and it's funny how we've got construction next door, but I'll remember being in the clearing in the forest and I could hear construction. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, you yeah, know? like how far is this? Uh, it's yeah. just unbelievable that you can't cool. escape that shit. Yeah. But um, living that kind of life for a little while, I realized that when you, when you hop off the mainstream, yep. you can only affect the 30 people in this hippie commune. Like mm. every day I was getting up and mm. the only people that I could influence mm. 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 was 30 people. Mm. Mm. I'm kind of like, this blows. Because it's just like but singing yeah. in front of the same crowd every day. Mm. But you know the difference with that is, with especially with our outlets, right? With our mm. creative outlets. Mm. Like you and I, we, we make a lot of content online and all that kind of stuff. But the difference is we work from home, but we're not affecting the 30 people in the commune, like you said. I'm just saying, We've got when a you're different on the mainstream, now. you can affect more people yeah. than when you, you're off it. So I think I learned pretty early on that there's not really much value that I place on escapism. Yeah. I think I fall into escapism every day to a degree, mm. but I don't respect it. Sure. I don't, for me, though, the journey hasn't been about escapism. Mm. It's been about freedom. It's been about How do you not working <sighs> completely outside of the mainstream, but working... See, other around it but in, other with my would own rules. Freedom would be moving out of home, having your own house. I mean, the freedom's yeah, changing, sure. maybe. It this is, is what I'm saying. It is it's, changing. It's, it, you're, you're changing. You, it's almost like your own perception of freedom. Yeah, exactly. And, um, because you're making the parents' thing work, because why wouldn't you? Yeah. If you can get along with your parents as mates yep. and there's food in the fridge yep. and stuff like that and you're not paying rent, I mean, Sydney's rent is ridiculous. Uh, I mean, Kessie was just saying to me that she just found a place because she's staying with me until she finds a place. Yeah. She found a place that she really likes. Mm. She likes the person because they love hip hop and she loves hip hop. But she wants $500 a week rent each. No, They're it's a split. one bedroom apartment and They're they have to share a room together. And they're splitting a $500 no, apartment no, 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 or no, no, it's no, $500, $500 each. Bro, I'm just saying to her, like, you can't even consider that, babe, because $500 a week rent? $1,000 for a one bedroom apartment in Sydney. A week. I'm just Jeez. saying people are spending it. People are doing it. There's cheaper ones out there for sure. Yeah. But yeah, but that's yeah. You know, someone yeah. on a 40 40k salary, how yeah, are you, you going to do this? That. You can't afford that. No, you can't afford that. You got to be making in Sydney at least. If you're moving in as a couple, you've got to both be making at least 75 plus. Yeah. For sure. Which isn't easy. Which is not easy. You know, that's already when you start to get raises and yep. that's already yep. like mid-career yeah, to exactly. get that kind of Yeah. So there's no, it's, it's not like the heyday of when I was growing up and the picture that I had of people moving out was that it would cost 400 bucks and you'd share with 10 people, well, you know? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like we, we used to, with the art students and stuff, we used to have four or five people in mm. our house. There's nothing like that anymore though. No, because they want a couple or a ki couple with a kid so yep. that they get a long rental and the house doesn't get trashed, yep. you know? That's right. So I, I get it. Like I think that I was brought up in that era where we all did move out of home and that sort because of freedom back then was more accessible and more affordable dude it was the australian way it was kind of like you yeah. gotta get away from your parents like i you mean said, I, like back in, like, i think you mentioned this in a chat we had earlier right back in the day it was like you're 18 you're out of the house you buy your own house and a house would be fifty thousand dollars well you know well twenty thousand dollar 
$20,000 savings would easily get you a deposit on a $300,000, dollars house back then. Houses weren't that much. Well, in my area anyway. Back in Western Sydney, yeah, the houses were like $50,000, yeah, yeah, dude, exactly, back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Wow. Wasn't there, isn't, wasn't there recently like Blacktown has hit $1 million now? But yeah, the, uh, the average price of houses out in the West is oh, it's, like, it's, it's up. up to a million dollars. Yeah. I've got a mate selling a place in fuck, it's Chester Hill or something like that. Mm. Mid, like almost Bankstown really. It's 1.75. You see that? The like prices there, are there ridiculous. There were two ways for me to do it back then. Like I, I did everything that I could to get a home loan. Mm. And even when I did make a hundred, almost a hundred K per year yep. uh, with my design business, the bank guys were just like, there's no way we're going to trust you kids. Sure. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It's like this internet thing could all fall down and then you won't make, which it did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind of. It, well, it, it did. And uh, and so I had to get my mom to act as a guarantor sure. so that if I couldn't pay it, that mm. they could take her house. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm lucky in that I had my mom to help me out with that first home loan. A lot of people, a lot of as you put it, young people these days mm. um, are still relying on their parents for that. I mean, there's, it's the... Li- if, if, if you're pa- I mean, a lot of Aussie kids that I knew back in the day mm. would charge them rent. Yep. Bought. But Asian people, I've never heard of it. Uh, Ever. I've never heard of an Asian family charging know, their kids. F- you know, know of, a few. I've never heard of I know of. a few. Well, maybe that's because like, it's time for them to get out. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, yeah. But I, no, I have heard of that. But... Um, <laughs> A lot, like a lot of new homeowners these days. I mean, respect to those who can do it on their own. That's a it's massive hustle. It's nearly impossible now. It's nearly impo- It's a very small percentage of people who can go out and do it on their own. How but can now, you pay off a million dollar house. I mean, I'm just saying. You're, like, you're just paying for the rest of your life, man. It's like the, the millionaire's game. Is it, is there any, is anyone really paying a million dollars up front these days? But then again, or if you're paying five hundred dollars a week rent, you can afford it. No, but that's the thing. The rent, the 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 price of rent used to be like a percent, one percent of the property value a month or something like that. There was there was like a, a kind of going rate of what rent should cost. Right. And now rent is more expensive than actually owning a house and having a mortgage, because the demand for rent is much higher these days. Yeah. Because of the fact that the pro- house housing prices are getting to the point where. Um, you to, to get into the market is a much higher threshold and so you not meeting that threshold you've got money to rent sure. but you don't have money to buy and that's sure, kind of, sure, it's, sure, sure, yeah, it's being priced out like people are being priced out of the buying option that's the only why the reason why people rent and that's why rent has gone up and that kind of is a vicious cycle as to why the housing price has gone up this is my this is what i've ga- gathered from from uh, the information it, it, it that makes I've got. sense to me because if you're living at home with your parents that still is home like that's home yeah. because they own it yep you know what i mean yep. whereas renting is like it's not your home it's not your home at any it, you can't drill into the walls in a house you rent that's ridiculous, you know what i mean right? like i mean you can't put a picture up so nuts to oh, me it, it is it's legit crazy like 100%. even um zen garage we had a two by two lease i think two years and then you could go again for another two years the option i was so fucking nervous with that bro you've moved in you painted the walls you've made it all look cool and in two years and it's it, not yours just, anymore they could just go fucking mm. sorry but your lease is up and we're gonna take this place back and then you'd be i, re- I remember being upset that day that you told me that zen was gonna go and i was mm. like but 
painted the walls, man. <laughs> I know, and like, it's still there. It's still I'm there. Just... You know what I mean? But oh. I, know, I know that feeling of like, oh, you just got to leave it behind. But it's, it's not, not yours. It wasn't mine. They're not your walls, you know? That's I wanted to fix the all the leaks the and all the stuff in the yeah, roof. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, what the fuck am I, would I be doing fixing it up for the guy who owns this place? Yeah, I, I remember too, because I think you want to talk, talk about how we met. But like when I first started coming to Zen Garage and I remember that big pile of Zen. damp wood at the front. You're yeah. like, oh, we got to move this shit. Never fucking moved it. That was the reason why mold was growing it's on the, the wall. Yeah, I mean, the damp was rising, man. Nothing we can do. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's it's and even if you wanted to do something, the effort would not have been worth the result. No, especially if you're gonna get out. Well, 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 well you did get out of there. after two years. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so, a tricky so you're, market, you're man. pretty much think that you'll never own a place, but maybe own the place that you're in. Not saying <laughs> I'm not I'm not um, I'm not excluding myself from that market yet. Mm. Um, I think that's, that's the ultimate goal. Who doesn't want to own their own home, you know? Mm. Um, but it is really dependent on the market. It's really dependent on where I can afford to buy, whether it's in Sydney or somewhere else, you know? I'd, I'd love to own a home. I think a lot of people would love to own a home. Then there's multiple levels of it though because I own this home. Yep. I still, still ha I don't own it outright, but it's like I've tried to make it cooler, yep. make it more me. It's you, dude. But bro, it's not what I want. Like my dream has always yep. been to design start the house design inside my own out. house, yep. bro. Yep. I mean, it is a dream of mine. Mm. You know, I remember um, once hanging out with hippies out like in the middle of nowhere at a farm. There were cows everywhere <laughs> and all this kind of shit, right? Cool. We we're probably picking mushrooms and shit. It was like <laughs> we were there, and like I looked at all of this empty land, yeah. And I said to my mates, "Oh man, I'd build such an awesome fuck." And they're like. What the fuck, you? That's disgusting. <laughs> you want to get rid of nature and put a fucking building here? I'm like, yeah, I'm different. Yeah, you know, I, I that's my dream. Yeah, you know, cool. and this, every room could be, you know, it's almost like um, Tom Hanks that movie Big. I saw it when I was a kid. Not it was like it. Oh, Tom Hanks. It was his first sort of big film, sure. and he uh, for some reason. He's a 14-year-old kid that ends up in a man's body. It's that concept. Uh, you right. wake up one like morning, yeah. and he's he's an adult. Um, and he ends up working for a toy company and making toys, you know? <laughs> but he gets so rich and he needs a place to stay. So he gets a, a Manhattan-style loft. Sure. And it's like, if you can imagine your high school and you own your high school and you've got <laughs> bikes everywhere in the corridors and skateboards right. everywhere. And Snarly. you just, you know what I mean? That yeah, is, yeah, that's yeah. the dream, that's bro. The, yeah, yeah. You know, even that's when cool. I go to the art gallery, like every time I go to the art gallery, legit every time I go to the MCA or um, Art Gallery of New South Wales, you, do you imagine I it's look your at it house? And go, this is my house. I don't know, and I'll never. I can. Your house is like a mini art gallery in itself, dude. But it's not. I'm just saying. There's but always it's not levels. The MCA, of, yeah, yeah. It, there's I always levels of what you want, and it's like. Um, when I was younger, I always thought that I was gonna have a Lamborghini, you know. And now it's like, man, I'm. It's not even something that I can look at as being realistic for some reason because it's just so not realistic mm. you know people say never say never justin but i'm never gonna own a mercy lago i'm just never gonna but do it yeah and and i think it, when it gets to the point where i have the means to today mm. buy a house i don't know how that's going to be in the future sure yeah so i think that's that's where it all lies it's really not up to us if we can afford houses anymore well, that, that, that's what it looks like. Mm. So rather than me saying stuff like you 
could get a house and all that stuff. It's almost like I'm out of touch with, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I'm out I, of I touch. I get what with, you're saying. I with, get what with, you're saying. with it, but it's like because that's all, that's external to us. Like the price of houses is external to us. It's it's not. It's another world almost, isn't it? Mm. But but at the same time, it's like I understand why so many of you guys at your age are still living at home mm. and i can't imagine the frustrations and I, that's why i'm interested in it because you have to avoid the frustrations yeah. by making it work yeah exactly yeah. and that's kind of what you've had to do yeah you know you, c- you can't keep just rebelling and partying and like your parents hate you and you hate them and yeah. you're still under the same roof exactly. you actually had to make yeah. it work so i had to yeah i mean it's all about making it seamless to do what you need to do in life and i find that having that kind of frustration and and resentment to family and and parents and stuff like that it's unnecessary friction it's stuff that can be smoothed over and it's stuff that makes my life easy stuff that makes my parents life easy um and it and it's some it's one less thing i have to worry about in my journey comes with age though because i'm sure that when you were younger oh 100 percent you know everyone that lives at home is you know at marquee on the weekend with mm-hmm. photos of um dom dom, dom Perry or whatever, whatever it and it's yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean yeah i mean I'll yeah, st- no, I'll no one no one sits there and takes photos of their single bed mm. you yeah. know what i mean i'm just saying it's like all about it's all about aspirational stuff right i mean back in the day i used to go clubbing and all that kind of stuff and it was all about look at how many drinks i can buy look how many girls i'm around it's not real none of it's real i woke up one day i was just like well the last couple of years i've been clubbing every weekend what have i got from it yeah, probably a very damaged liver and no memories of half the time. You know, like it's, it's not going, worth I'm it. I'm going clubbing next week. Are you? I'll be the oldest person on the dance floor. Dude, I, I, I like when I used to work in the city. I stumbled into a nightclub, uh. and I'm, I'm like, I was 27, 28, right? You, you walk in, you're like, these 18 year olds are 10 years younger than me, and that's I how know, I felt. I know. Imagine me going, oh, dude. But it's a, it's a, like recently, I. Uh, I went with um, a couple of friends not too long ago, okay? Sure. Uh, and Chinese laundry of all places, which is pretty cool. rad place, it's right? Cool. Always, always was. Like yeah. they used to do breakbeat stuff. So yeah. I, I, th- they have their roots in legit music lovers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think music lovers are there more than home nightclub oh, yeah. where you've got the weekend crowd yeah. and they're not really there for the music. They're there you know? for the drinks and the drugs. Exactly, yeah. right? So, so I'm there with these two girls and these guys were dancing behind them they're not dancing they're just trying to rub their dick in there yep. bro yep. it's just like they're just like they're, you turn around and they just pretend not to Oops, be looking. sorry but <laughs> it's like are you guys gonna actually make a move or not because mm. it's a bit creepy right so yeah, i'd say 100%. to the two girls let's go to the next dance floor because mm. these guys are fucking pissing me off mm-hmm. and then 10 minutes later you turn around they're they're there again it's club culture and it's like guys at least tap her on the shoulder and buy her a drink or ask something not just like Lurk as as far as long as I've been clubbing, and as as I'm sure this goes back pre me going clubbing, mm. it's just there's a little bit of a predatory environment in in a club, right? And it's guys like that who looking for an opportunity, looking maybe? for drunk girls, oh dark God. nightclub. They're you know drinks. Oh, it was gonna start uh, a me fight because I'm like, guys, fuck off, this like, leave us I'll alone. Next thing you know, yeah. you're gonna punch on. Yeah, this is why I got into a lot of fights at clubs because I was. Uh, we did club promotion, you know, like that's how, that's how we started getting into it. Mm. And we were there and we were, you know, skipping the line and, you know, being big wigs and all that kind of stuff. And then you see these kind of guys hitting on your mate's girlfriends or sure. girls that you know and stuff like that. And that's why you get into fights, you know, but there's, a, it's, it's been around for ages, man, that kind of environment. 
Yeah, and I, yeah, it's just that I, I'm there to dance, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I, I even There's remember very few of those clubs um, around still. Always going to clubs late. Like I'd always rock up at midnight. Can't do that because anymore. people were all the fakers would have gone home already. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. And in the end, at two or three in the morning. There'd only be maybe eight or nine of us on a dance floor, but yeah. we had the whole dance floor to ourselves and we were doing moves that we couldn't do all night because it was packed before. Yeah, yeah. You don't have room to move, dude. And now it's just like, I don't think people go for the music anymore. It's almost like... People go for the social aspect of it, man. And that's unfortunate. I mean... Cheers, bro. Cheers, man. It's almost... <laughs> It was so good to take you on a, a musical journey the other day. Oh, dude, that Led Zeppelin sort of video like was <laughs> crazy. So uh, Justin showed me, Justin showed me a video of um, Heart covering Led Zeppelin's "Stairway to Heaven." Yeah, everyone has uh, to watch it. It's on, it's on YouTube. Google it. At yeah. uh, what was it? What was the event? It was some uh, the Kennedy Center. Yeah, they were doing Obama like some, was in the crowd. Yeah, it was so like it was pretty some big, Hall big of Fame sort of thing. Yeah, right? it was a big deal. And yeah. Justin and I were sitting on the couch, both in tears. Well, I, I definitely cry every time I watch that, and I was sitting there going, "Oh man!" I think I think oh, I saw man. you were tearing up, but then you looked and at me, and I was like, like, "I'm bawling. bawling. <laughs> I was just like, "All right, I don't feel too bad about this now." <laughs> You're like, "I think I'm about to shed a tear." Then you looked at me, and I'm You're like, like "Red." <laughs> You're just like, "This is beautiful, man. Oh, More people need God. to watch this." <laughs> but that's the thing. That's like, that, again, that's the music. Mm. Like for me, when I was on a dance floor, <laughs> I'd be eyes shut. Yep. Yep. You know, or Sunny's on. Who gives yep. a shit? And I then mean, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I, I used to go clubbing for the social reason. I didn't give a shit about the music or uh, what was playing, and that's mm. why I stopped going because it was just it was like for the wrong reasons. All those reasons that I went aren't real and don't exist and are fleeting. You know, they are. Yeah, and it's like it 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 disturbs and cheapens the culture. Yep. Of DJ it, culture of music, you know it, what I mean? Even, like it even cheapens social. Um, like being mates with someone, but you only see them at a club. How good of a mate can you be? True, right? Ah, uh, no, I struggle with that because and there's people with like two thousand friends on Facebook, but they only see them when they go clubbing. Or oh, I haven't seen you in ages. But, you should but come out before Facebook and all of that stuff. That's the way it was. Yeah. Like when I was living in the city, yep, you'd go clubbing, and then I because I lived in the city in a sexy apartment, people I'd say, hey, everyone, come mm. home, come back to mine, and everyone would walk back to mine. And everyone would be like, whoa, check it out. Mm. And I'd be like, bongs out and stuff. And mm. I'm like, have a shower, you know, go for it. Here's a towel. And everyone would be like, mm. mad. Next, next thing you know, I'm working during the week and the doorbell would fucking ring. Hey, and it'd up? be some fucker <laughs> that I ran into at a club yeah. wanting to come in for cones. And I'm like, uh, I run a business mm. here, mm. nine to five, yeah. kind of. It's a very shallow sort of it relationship, is. and that uh, it's prevalent, and a lot of people thrive on genuine numbers. connections at the time, but yep. in the moment, in the moment, on drugs, mm. coming down. Mm. Mm. And oh man, I've I've had like a lot of deep conversations with people I don't even remember. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's not real, dude. You like you wake up and you're like, oh fuck, good night, and then like you don't care about who you're with. Uh, um, but yeah, it's a shallow connection, and I think that's where social media is kind of helped with that kind of like feed into that sort of world mm. like that shallow relationship world i feel uh, this social media thing like i haven't i've been banned off facebook since australia day right mm. good on you <laughs> <laughs> not really bro it's pretty offensive uh, to know. be banned on australia day like it just felt really shit i know but um i'll be honest and say almost 30 days in now mm. i miss facebook and I, mm. I, I was scared of Facebook for so many years because like the, the last thing I want is to look back on my life mm. 
and go, oh my God, I spent fucking 20 years on Facebook. <laughs> like, it just scares me, yeah. that thought. Because, yeah. you know, uh, anyone who really spent the time on their MySpace page will fucking disappear. Yep. Uh, it's all gone. You know, or that's why I don't like gaming so much because it's like, 1,800 hours in a game, how am I going to get it back? And then you look at it and you're like, oh, 1,800 hours, that's a lot of hours. How am I going to get it back? Yeah. I mean, what have I got to show for it? Yeah, yeah, Except yeah. that I put that yeah. many hours in. I've got achievements. They're mm. digital little icons. I don't know what they are. Yeah, yeah, little trophies uh, and people that are achievement yeah, hunters, yeah. it's kind of like... Cool. What they're now? ticking off the boxes, mm. but they're not ticking off the boxes in anything in life. Yeah. It's just kind of like... It's the, same. it's the same thing. It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is weird. So I, I have an issue. I, I think I have an issue with that. And I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I look back at my Facebook stuff, you know, it just pops up on this day. And I've been on Facebook for like 10 years. A lot of people are trying to not be on Facebook now, I'm, but I'm kind of like, man, 30 days without it. Mm. I kind of need it. Yeah. Well, for what you need it for, you definitely Reach. need it. But yeah, but like this, I mean, when I look back, right, and I, use, I, I look at the stuff that I used to share on Facebook when I first got on 10 years ago. Which was what? It's just like random statuses. Like, oh, I'm going to the... Sh You've gone back. It, it'll check. pop up in your feed, oh, you know? sometimes it says five yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah, 10 years ago. Like, 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I've, like, 2007. Late, late 2007, I was on Facebook. I wonder when Facebook started. I was on it from day one, but I... I 2005, I, 2006. Pretty long ago, eh? Because um, I remember 2005 is when I started getting on MySpace and doing my music and stuff there. Sure. I was on MySpace um, as well, yeah. And that was cool. Um, it was cool that you could hack it and make it look like how you wanted to. I and was Facebook was kind of like so corporate looking. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I can't do anything with this. I was making skins for my friends and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. It was there. That's that's like all the customization is stuck in. And then when Facebook HTML. came up, we didn't really get it. It was just like, and I would be posting weird things. Like people would post on Twitter these days. So just really mundane Twitter. stuff. Yeah. But that's what I use. And I look back and look at the stuff that I shared on Facebook. I'm like, well, why am I sharing this stuff? Alan is going to the shops. Who gives a fuck, Alan? Right. You know, like right. stuff like that. And then you, I, I, you kind of see how, it, yeah. And some people to this day, which is really cringeworthy, is that some people to this day still, still share really fucking stupid mundane shit like that. Maybe they're just stupid mundane people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, not everyone. That's true. Uh, that's the thing about this podcast. You know what I mean? It's mm. like, we can sit here and be PC. But then we'd be like tippy-toeing so hard. It'd be impossible. We spoke, we spoke about this for the last couple of days, Justin. It'd be impossible. Yeah. I mean, we've been speaking about this for since Monday, since I came over on Monday. All right. So I'll, I'll let, uh, I'll, the meat of this show will be talking about your new show. Sure. Okay. Cool. Because I kind of, I think it's a good timing. Mm -hmm. You've just released your first, well, you had a pilot. Let's talk about that. Okay. So cool. let, let's, okay. let's talk let's about the pilot. So, so Alan, Alan um, you, you're a writer. Yes. And you write really well. Thank you. But really well in um, a technical perspective. Okay. And what you're doing now is way more you. Yeah. It's, it's like, I'm from the jungle, bitch. It's not, <laughs> it's not writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, now you're writing, in my opinion, now you're writing how you speak. I mean, I mean that's how that's how writing was for me. When I first started writing, I didn't, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have a degree in writing. I never so studied you were writing. Always writing how you speak. But then when you got into writing for magazines, you changed because yeah, because someone You're can right. pay you money yeah. and, and write however the, the fuck they want. It could do. be written by anyone, not you. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, you yeah. had an ability yeah. to pump out words, mm. and I read it like any professional writer in a magazine would write. Yeah, 
but there's no I, I'm from the jungle bitch in that you know what I mean I'm just yeah. saying uh, yeah yeah I get, I get you but you develop the skills yeah which I think a, a writing is crucial yeah thanks if you me. want to because I started right that, that blog or whatever the only time I actually started publishing stuff was through Zen Garage yeah and I mean we published your uh, uh, for people who don't know Alan was the first photographer that shot a Zen babe yep. being Bettina Banks yeah yeah so that was the first time we actually met that day. Man, I, I remember that day that we met, I was kind of like, what's blowing trees? Because you were called yeah. blowing trees. Yeah, yeah. And I knew there was a drug reference in there. Yeah. But we both ha- share that yeah, yeah. underlying kind of, you know, it's almost sickening that we celebrate it so much. Yeah. It's like, bro, it's just because homage. you do drugs, why do you have to fucking celebrate it? So I'm almost embarrassed about it. But that's, what, that's why days. we named it blowing trees is because it has this underlying, it like yeah. at, to the, at the surface, it's kind of, this is, this is why I, like, you know how you said you didn't get Alan with an eye and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, with blowing trees, it's kind of like, it sounds very natural. It sounds like nature I, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, but this is underlying, I mean, it's cocaine and weed. And not know? so much blow, but the trees, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so it's kind of, I, I developed that kind of brand to pay an homage to like the stuff that driv- drove me underneath. Mm. But I'm here for a higher purpose more than just like straight up going, yeah, my fucking brand is called Weed 420, bro. I get you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I, I remember that day that you were shooting Betty. Uh, we were out the back. Yep. Shooting the her on the Zuma. Yeah, that's right. Right? And the garage door. That and was you took cool. a shot and you passed me the camera for whatever reason. I think you needed to move the Zuma or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you I passed think me so. the camera and I, and there was so it was a digital SLR. Yep. And there were so many buttons on it. I'm just like no That was my f- first camera. But I'm kinda like, <laughs> no fucking way am I gonna understand how to use a <laughs> something like yeah, this, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. But I managed to fi- see the green play button and I checked your shots and they were like blown out to fuck because you hadn't set your yep. aperture yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. right and when i saw the blown out shots i was like fuck there's no way i can do this yeah because it's just so hard that it even is. he's having to adjust for the lighting and stuff and yeah. i'm like because we went from indoors to outdoors yeah, yeah. but there's a thing like seeing a mistake shot mm. intimidated me all oh, right okay. like i saw it and just went fuck so yeah, no. yeah. you've got to change settings and mm-hmm. shit because I was are. driving myself to shoot on manual back then. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And it's like I was happy to just do the behind-the-scenes stuff because I've li- got my little point-and-shoot mm. camera mm-hmm. with just auto-focus yeah. and auto-everything, you mm. know? Mm. And um, that was inspiring for me. That oh, thanks, particular man. moment was kind of like it scared me at that stage. Um, but it didn't frustrate me because you got me the photos, we used them, everything was sweet. Mm. Oh, then great. The, the second shoot was Matt Mead. And Matt Mead shot Brianna. That's right. And it's like, man, we have these t-shirts in stock now. Mm. And Matt Mead took at least, I think it was two months before he gave us the photos. Wow, okay. I and didn't I'm know like, that. bro, we've sold out already of the t-shirts. <laughs> I mean, they're gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing to promote anymore. And then that frustrated me so much that I'm oh. like, fuck this. I'm going to start shooting the girls yeah. myself. Yeah. So, so really, it stems from... It stems from you. Oh, thanks. Like man. with the the shooting girls, you know. That was fun. We did a lot back then. Hey, we did a few of those shoots. We didn't do as many as we could have because yeah. I, you almost 
quickly drop the ball on blowing trees. I just oh. remembered you dropping the ball on it. This is what this is what happened, right? In in terms of what happened with Zen Garage, anyway. I mean, I didn't drop the ball per se. It was just that I remember at that time we were doing all stars, we were doing all that kind of stuff, and then um, I had been the uh, I was the uh, the manager or whatever it was, right? And then I was managing Bro, like Alex B oh and then God. Sebastian Vol and the D brothers and all that kind of stuff. So I was helping them put out content for all stars. So I wasn't behind the camera anymore, and I was helping orchestrate yeah. everything else on the website. I was writing these articles and all that kind of stuff. And then pricks like me were starting to do what you were doing. Yeah, and I was just like, whatever, Justin. That's cool, man. Yeah. No one's shooting girls. I should start shooting girls. I'm like, all right, fine. I was uh, stealing your thunder. And then it and then it got to the point where I think we we're just going out a lot, and this is when the um the. Uh, synthetic marijuana article came out oh my god that was good that was turn that was the turning point for me because after not long after that um i mean i died that night too bro yeah like you were dead dead i was dead i, I was gonna call an ambulance yeah you were club. not having fun I, oh no heart, this is another night you that was another a, night yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry sorry yeah. and i was like the week after and i tried it and you're like dude i tried it. i almost died i'm like dude i did die you, you 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 were vomiting on your arm, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like I, you, I was you, like staying still and like throwing you, up you, all over the place. Ah, oh, bro, you but were so you were you. Yeah, actually, we should have probably taken you to hospital. I was fine. I was like, well, <laughs> coming coming back from it. I think I think I look back and I'm like, sh like I had accepted well, you, it. You anyway. wrote an article this fucking long yeah, about yeah. it, so it was a, it was something, it was a not it was a crazy experience, right? And yeah. then after that, I reckon that's like that washed me of all the bullshit before, and then <sighs> you, like. It was like being born again, right? Reset button. Reset button. And then it wasn't long after that. And things and just started, I don't know what it was, but things just started falling into place after that. Okay. So not long after that was uh, the magazine. Yeah, which was so good for your ego, so much so that your ego it was too went much. out of control. It was too much, man. It was way yeah, too much. You, you lost your shit for a bit. So there. yeah, because I, I remember... Like, okay, I got the job at the magazine because of this fucking drug article that I read on Zen Garage. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, because all right, what happened was... So I was you in submitted the, a I was in the No, no, no. I was in the studio and then the model comes out and sits in the car. I was like, I, don't, I didn't know who it was at the time, right? It was sitting next to me. I go, fuck, this is a pretty fucking good job, eh? You get cars and girls and shit and they're in the bikinis and stuff. This looks pretty fun. Mm. Got any openings or what? He goes, what can you do? I go, I don't know, take photos, all right? He goes... How good can you write? Yeah, and I showed him this everything. Yeah, and I, sh right. I showed him this article. article. I showed him this article, the synthetic, the synthetic weed the one, synthetic weed article, and he goes, "All right, come see in my office in like twenty minutes." I'm like, "Okay." I thought he was just gonna give me a pep talk, like one day you could write at the magazines. Took me in. He goes, "When can you start?" When can you start? <laughs> and we went to Queensland, and I was just like, "Dude, we're going to Queensland." Cause I didn't, th I didn't take it seriously. And you're already loving it. That's I, it. You, I didn't take it. I didn't take it seriously for the magazine stuff. It was just like oh, I'm going to Queensland. Can I start on Wednesday? Because he wanted me to start on Monday. I go, I'm gonna start on Wednesday, dude. I'm going to Queensland. And we came back and I started working. And I was just like, you know what? This is an opportunity. I'm gonna start taking it. But you're right. It did a lot for my ego, but it did too much for my ego. And I and I can look back now and confidently like and comfortably talk about like how attitude how much attitude that i had back then it's yeah. not that long ago it's like four years ago something like that but there was so much attitude that it had like i just had got all this stuff placed on me i went from me being like in the back like back behind the scenes doing zen garage stuff yep. to i'm the editor of editor a yep. national magazine yep and I'm just like, I get, I get girls on you. covers. I'm getting invited to parties. I'm doing, you know, anyone who needs their car done, I'll put it on the cover, whatever. And I had all this power. All this, yeah. 
I didn't. You were power I, tripping. But I, yeah, exactly. You were power tripping. I didn't know what the fuck to do with it. I didn't know. I didn't know. I had. I, how I, old were you at that particular time when you were editor? Twenty four, dude. Twenty three. Pretty 24. good to be editor at twenty four. Yeah. So I was like already tripping because mid twenties and mm. you like, fuck it. I was opening my restaurant. Had my restaurant at the time as well. You, you know, on the Jono podcast, yep. there was one moment where I said, "Do you even know who I am?" I said to you, never, never fucking say, say that, that after you said it. Yep. And I said it on the podcast. Yeah. So, but it's a trap we fall into, man. It's it's having that that ego trip, and it's unfortunately we all have to go through it to look back and go, "What a dickhead!" Right? Yeah, but okay, I I'll be the first agree with you. that. Yeah, but it's like watching that that Jesse guy on YouTube that fucked up the EA Jesse Need Wellens. for Speed yep. Need for Speed payback, you know. Um, freezing in front of the whole world you mm, know mm. um or what's that guy that you just mentioned who did the japanese forest thing and uh, uh, logan paul logan paul right never heard of him he, never ever heard of him before sure. then i hear about him and it's 100 percent negative not even 99 100 percent as in the entire fucking world yep. didn't like it yep i don't think i could live with that bro mm. like this is the thing like you still have to have some sort of confidence deep down yep. as a base thing. 100%. That dude. you're not going to do something as fucked up as that. Like, yeah. Like, but we, yeah. But, but you still get burnt. You yeah. still get burnt. But it's kind of like, uh, it is scary. Mm. I, I think it's scary. Like, I'm not sure uh, how these podcasts are going to go in future. I mean, it, you know, I, I do believe that it, the world could do with more honest open conversation yeah and we've spoken about that too um, I think but at that the same time we're, cop- we're gonna cop it like if anyone's mm. gonna cop it it's gonna be us because <laughs> you know people can hide behind a username and just but we're putting ourselves out there dude you're putting yourself out on a podcast and putting myself yeah, out yeah, in but these what's videos the, what's the point you know that's the thing like i know that the, i know the point for me is kind of like um i want to inspire people in a positive way sure. Whether they don't, whether they disagree me, with me or agree with me, at least sure. I'm having an effect. The, the opinions, you know what I mean. For them to have a conversation about. Yeah, but it's like, it's kind of like I know I'm doing it for the right reasons, mm. but I'm competing against everyone doing it for the wrong reasons, okay. and that fucks me over because sure. it's kind of like this thing. This thing in my life has always been there. It's like I've always said, it's not always the right people that get the right job. You're right. Hundred yeah. hundred. 90% of the time, it's like the person in that job, you could do a better job. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying, yeah, like, there are people no, out right. there that, like, fuck, I'm, I could do better than them in that position, but they've somehow weaseled their way into a job that they don't even know how to do and they're learning on the job, which is fine. Mm. I've learned on the job too. Mm. But some people are just like, they're hanging on yeah. to those jobs. Yeah. And they're actually the wrong person for the job. Completely. And someone is sitting there at home thinking, Fuck, I could kill that. I could that. do better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that, that, that always pisses me off because, mm. you know, watching um, these Jordan Peterson videos and all, all these people um, that have made it, you know, they often say that the people who have that in them are a minority. Yeah. You know, even artists, mm. generally speaking, I think artists think that they're in a minority. Yeah. A lot of people don't get them. Yeah. But and there's a fine it's, line. It's a really frustrating place to be, actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a fine line with you saying that there needs to be that level of confidence, but 
how far do you go? And that's what we were talking about in terms of letting that ego run over and who, who do you, don't you know who I am and all that kind of so stuff. So you got to find the line. You got to find the line like find between the line. humility and humility. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think I, with the magazine days, I found that line very quickly. Yeah. I oh, mean, it was early on, yeah. It was early on. And uh, I mean, the span it washed, of it washed time. Away too. Uh, the span of time that I was there and I like was on this like ego trip and all that kind of stuff and I thought I was the shit. You know, I thought I'd made it. Back when I was a kid, that was the dream job for me and it yeah. just got thrust upon me. So I was just yeah, like... Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I got fucking this shit handed to me on a silver platter and I... Uh, and, and you I, loved it and you... Lo- you and, but when that came crashing down, yeah, everything I knew came crashing down. <laughs> so what when happened? I, so it was... All right. <laughs> So the magazines, print media is obviously on its way out. Ooh. I was the last editor. I, I never bought that magazine. Yeah, I know. Oh, you know, I I'll kept giving you free ones as well. <laughs> yes. Even then, I didn't read them. I, I'm just saying. I hadn't bought them for like a couple of years prior. And the only reason I started reading them is because I was in them. <laughs> <laughs> like, high five. Because <laughs> I'm the same, bro. Yeah. Like, if, if, you know. Like, but yeah, so you got to be proud of you. It was the end. It was basically the end of that sort of niche magazine. Right, yeah, and uh, the company it was right after financial year, so it was right after July. Um, it was late July, so I just had my birthday and all that kind of stuff. And then I get, and then it was a very somber day. I walked into the office and everything was very somber. The vibe was weird. The vibe was weird. Oh shit! I got a call to come down to the office, and you a lot of people. I knew that something was on, mm, right? Mm, mm, mm. Um. Oh my god! And I walked down to the office, and the the CEO was like, "Thanks for your work, blah blah blah." Oh my but unfortunately, god. basically, what she said was, "We looked at the bottom line, and we can't afford to have you anymore." Oh my god! And because I was the last one hired, I was the cheapest to make redundant. Sure, 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 sure. sure. Yeah, that makes perfect logical sense business wise. But yeah, flick. I came back to my computer. Computer was like my user shit was all erased. Already, by the time I walked from the thing, they handed me my redundancy envelope. I came to my computer. Computer didn't work. It's like a breakup where someone's gone and talked to all their friends about you. Yeah, yeah. And they've just decided- It's happening today. It's It's happening today. Don't tell anyone. We've just talked to everyone. We've decided without him, without- Don't tell anyone, but- we're going to break up with him today. Yeah. That's basically what it That's was. What it's like. That's why it was so somber. You got dumped. And it makes sense. And I came back and then, you know, they're like, oh, we, we heard what happened. I go, no one told anyone. So you already knew before this happened when I walked into the building. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. It was all pre-planned. It was all and pre-planned. you walked into a and fucking booby trap. And there was already a box for me to put my shit in. I put all my shit in the box. Everyone's like, oh, thanks for your hard work. Shook my hand. And I was out of there. And it was 10 o'clock in the morning that I had like, this morning I had come into work, been let go, handed this redundancy check. Oh, you got a redundancy up. check? Yeah. Interesting. Well, they had to give me a redundancy check. Right? I, don't know, I don't know. Oh, but yeah. But yeah. yeah, that's cool. So, um, and then I'm sitting in my car and I, was, and I was just like, cool. That was a good run. Like in my head at the time, I was at just in so much shock that I didn't realize it because I was on this high of being this editor and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sitting in my car going, wait. Wait, what just happened? I don't have a job. Yeah. Wait. And you just lost all your powers, superpowers. Yeah. And I just got all Because you weren't going to be writing for this thing yeah. that goes out to people and stuff. So Yeah, I'm not like... It, so it hit all, you all my imaginary perils are hit gone. You, hit you on the same day. And then afterwards, I was just like, what the fuck? And I'm sitting there. I just didn't know what to do. And I got home. And I was just like, okay, it's early. I wrote this uh, status thanking everyone for, you know, for helping me out while mm. I was there and all that kind of mm, stuff. Mm, mm, mm. And then luckily, one of my mates gave me a job offer for, like, for this other place. Yeah. And I basically had one day off and started another job the next day. That was pretty awesome. Which was good, except for the fact that this is what I've picked up as well, is that I should never settle. 
Because oh. I was I jumped in because I was like Cause you straight thought, into something yeah, else. Yeah. Someone offered me a job. We're gonna yeah. jump straight in. It's almost like ju- jumping into another relationship before you're ready to yeah be in one again. It's like before you get hurt, here's something to stop you from being hurt. Yeah. But then I didn't have powers there. That's what I'm saying. Like the, I was thinking in my head, why wouldn't you have gone for an editor role again? You know what? Because it's not easy. It's not easy. And I just took the first thing that I was offered, and yeah. I think that's where it started all being real for me. It was just like, I don't have powers here. I was mopping floors. I was answering phones. I know you were. Yeah, uh, and that was hard for and you. That was yeah. hard for me, dude. And yeah. it was a rude awakening. And I went through a lot of shit after that. I remember talking mentally. to you a fair bit during that phase when you yeah. were mopping floors and something like what the fuck. I went. I went like mentally it knocked me about and i think that that i needed that well it fucking destroyed your it humongous dis- ego it, it destroyed my ego which mm. was good it needed to it needed it, to it be needed destroyed to come down a notch yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah it needed to come down a notch but yeah. it went all the way down <laughs> i was having fucking so you had to rebuild yourself mental issues i was i was fucked after. were you dating anyone at the time yes who oh yeah okay yeah yeah so there was support there there was support there, but because of how I am, I rejected it. Right, you just and I was sulking. You were sulking. I was sulking. <laughs> I was holding. No, I was holding on to whatever ego I had left, and the only ego I had left was, I know what I'm doing. Being stubborn, like no, 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 I got this, I got this, and that was my ego. Was that I thought that I could get out of it myself. Yeah. And this is where all the mental breakdown started for me, right? Okay. Because it all was just like oh, fuck. I could do this and I was getting frustrated everyone around me putting f- fault on everything around me mm. because of the fact that I had my power stripped away from me and I was trying to hold on to whatever power I had left mm. and all the power I had left was the control over my thoughts and actions pretty much yeah didn't have that audience to speak to yep like you didn't have a reason to write a long article anymore no so, uh, so where did you go after? I mean, I know you went to another place and yep. we won't mention who they are, but I, I know uh, left after, there. I know you left there. After three months. And then... And then I went to the project group. Ah, okay. I went to... With Nick. And with Nick, yeah. So it was, a, it was a PR agency and this was after I had picked myself up a bit and I had started uh, accepting help. You were writing uh, still? Yep. So I was writing, but it was, it was a writing client management PR role. I thought it was mixed up. A bit mixed up. It wasn't just one thing. Yeah, it was a lot of things. It was like, mm. you got to be a jack of all trades. I was producing videos. I was, you know, everything. It was just like, you got to be the guy to give the client. Was that your last salary job? No. So I did that for a year and that helped me a little bit, but I was still having issues with the fact that, I think this is what uh, drove into it as well. Like what mm. you were saying about writing and not putting a name to anything, mm. not being creative. It was kind of like a, we need you to input this and output this. Yeah, it was burning you it up. It was burning me up. Yep. And my creative spirit wasn't being, like my, the creative legs weren't being stretched. Mm. Yeah, right? no excitement. And it mm. kills, it killed me. Yeah. It was killing me. Yeah, it would. It was, I was making great money. Okay. I was in a relationship. Mm. You know, I was, I was like, it was stable. But that stability was killing me because... I can understand that. I thought that that's what I needed after my, the ego breakdown. Mm. Um, and it wasn't because it was like, and what saves me to this day is that I look back at the Zen Garage days. I look back at everything before that yeah. and what I was doing. And mm. when I started doing stuff for Zen Garage, I didn't have a job either. And I was just mm. taking photos, writing articles. I was doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. And it got you far. It did. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I do pat myself on the back 
when like like James Jurat, for example, that artist James Jurat. He's great. Yeah, he's amazing. And um, I've been a fan of his my whole life. Mm. You know, when I first saw, he was a year below me at College of Fine Arts. Yep. And I went. I always used to go to the grad shows. I can't believe I don't go to him anymore. Mm. But once a year, the entire campus yep. is an art show. Yeah. And um, you only see maybe five artworks out of the five hundred yeah. that really resonate Stand with, out you. with you. Yeah. And his artwork did. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. shot of his name. Mm. I'm like, this guy's a fucking legend. He's you know? fantastic. Um, and then years later, years later, Zen Garage, uh, I run into a video that I didn't do that some other guys, Sunny and 21 or 21 and Sunny, I don't know who they are. 21 and Sunny, yeah. Yeah, I have no idea who these fuckers sure. are. They shot this amazing video of James Durant and it starts... The first thing that it starts with is, I think I owe, and my, and I think my debt is paid, but I think I owe Justin Fox a huge favor. Wow. And I'm just like, I lost my shit because wow. I'm a fan of his. Yeah. And I didn't even know what he was talking about. So he starts explaining it and he says, you know, I was really drunk one night at a pub and Justin approached me and said, you know, I'm working with a race car and do you have any kind of graphics that you could Trent put? Is this Trent Grubel's yes. car? So the fantastic. whole video is... Trent Grubel's car and, and James talking I saying oh, he's with this. some sort of collective called yeah, Zen Garage yeah, or some yeah, shit yeah, yeah. and he's just like and I'm watching this video going oh my god you know what I mean mm. and I've had so many people come up to me and say that through me somehow yes. that they've managed to secure a career sure. but I never like expected that you know what I yeah, mean yeah, like yeah. so gotcha. That's gold to me. I've mm. always said to everyone mm. that the feedback is gold. Like, yeah. like now that we're both, I can't believe we're so off topic because we're meant to be talking about your. I don't care. Your your new channel. You know me. <laughs> we'll you know me, then. I don't this care. This is a podcast, man. Yeah. Like, this is the thing. We're always going to go off topic. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's the thing. Like, you know, that's why you you do your best to promote your mates. Yeah. If you believe in it, mm. and you never know, mm. you never know mm-hmm. when it might click. I mean, you and I clicked very strongly when we first met and oh well we started working day one legit we actually were working that day but (laughs) working in terms of fun you know like the next time we shot a girl was melanie raimundo at uh zen no it was jay galolo i was but the melanie Melanie, that that was crazy that went nuts it was like side boob and under boob and butt and there was so much curves going on that (laughs) We had to take the photos down. I mean, yeah, the, we did. They were just too full on. Yeah, but um, that was crazy. That was a great shoot. That was, was, a, awesome. that, was that was a great shoot. I re- I, yeah, I, rem- I remember some that of day your best work, there. Alan. <laughs> a lot of my best work was in Zen Garage, Justin. <laughs> uh, the vibe was right. The vibe know? was good, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, and then when I took that job, I was just like, you know, the creative aspect is, and then I did look back at the Zen Garage days and all the creative. Remind, it was a reminder. It was a reminder, and everything before that, and it, I was just like, after what the, sort of got you there, and you had to go back to. Your I just roots had to. I just yeah, I did have to go back to my roots. Yeah. I, I did have to go back to. We all do. Bro. Reminding me, reminding myself what I actually wanted in life, because yeah. I think that that's what got lost along the way is that I didn't know myself, and I think I think you sort of saw it that there was a period in my life for the in the last couple of years where i was rocking up to your house with like a collared shirt and after work and i'd just be tired and shit and you're like what the fuck you know you, yeah I, I could tell that you were just like who's this guy man working for the man like what the fuck uh, I, I like it like we um we had a little chat the other day about that 
uh, or something in relation to that. And it's like you admitted to me yep. the other day that every time in the past where I was trying to G you up, yeah. that you actually I would be upset. get hurt. Yeah. And, but I think that's how you learn. Yeah, like exactly. I think you need to hurt your child. You need yeah. to hurt your pet. You need mm, to hurt mm. them in order to... It's tough love, to dude. It, it's tough love. <laughs> and that's why, you know what? And I think at, at, uh, what, what I was saying to you was that at first it would be like... At first it's attitude. Cut. It'd be like, a, like straight into the, defensive. Straight into the defensive. ribs. And I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't like this. But then after a while I'm like, no, he's right. Well, I wasn't trying to make no, you feel exactly. shit to make me feel better. You wanted me to look from another perspective. And that's exactly what you did, dude. That's all I do with yeah. myself. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, if it helps me... Yeah. then surely it's going to help others. But I can see how it comes across. Mm. And that's why I get into these huge debates with people. Mm. Because I'm only trying to help that chick last night with the chair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to link it in the bottom. Of <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was only trying to help. Yeah. But it's tough love. It is tough love, it's dude. It's so tough because mm. it's like they get defensive. Mm. But it's kind of like what's wrong with this generation or any generation that you try to give them a tip and then the first thing you get back is... Fire? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Defensive. Fire? Whoa, don't it's talk. Like, like, yes, I don't know I'm giving you fire, yeah. but you don't need to fight fire with fire. There's a good thing in constructive yeah, that's something criticism. That, yeah. Constructive. I mean, it's not easy to get. If someone you know, gives you fire, cook with it. Bro, you, yeah, I like that. You know what I mean? Like, Don't you, get burnt. But you don't want to be the person on Idol that thinks that they can sing because yeah. their friends say that yeah, you're yeah, amazing. That's right. Why the fuck would you want that like in Like what life, we're saying, bro? if you're the smartest person in the room, get the fuck out of that room, right? It, it's like challenge it's yourself. Easy you just got to gotta challenge your. You just got to challenge yourself. Do, but challenge at the same everything. time, you don't want to be like that Jesse guy who says, "I my biggest fear." It's he says, speaking. "My biggest fear is public speaking." So what does he do? Public speaking. Public speaking for EA Games Live, and he says, "Oh, you know what? I didn't even read the script." It can't be that yeah, confident. Like, it can't be that bro, confident. that's not confidence. That that's is stupidity. going back to your eighteen-year-old attitude yep. guy. Yep. You need to rely on confidence, yep. which is genuine skill yeah I think so too and that's why you know how to write thanks man and no but not even thanks <laughs> you, you shouldn't have said thanks it's just like <laughs> you know how to write yeah, and yeah. it's just like it, that opens you up to communication bro yeah. <laughs> communication yeah. is yeah. fucking key right? yeah you're right it's like we, we even touched on it a second ago it's like um, when I would have an argument with my ex-girlfriends or whatever they'd storm out of the house or I'd kick them out or whatever sure and then I'd be gone for a few hours or gone for the whole day. They come back at night and then they'd like sit me on the couch and they're like, nah, 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 nah. one, two, three, four, five. Oh. I'm like, you sound like, you sound like Liz. You've been hanging out with Liz? I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. How did you know? I'm like, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't have a fight. Then go away and make decisions with somebody else, somebody else. who's on your side. Yeah, make your own decisions. And then they come back and hammer me. It's like those guys at work. Yep. They, they, they didn't even include you yeah. in a conversation that you might have been able to convince them to keep you on. Yeah. But you might have been convincing them to step it up and go even harder or take a pay cut to stay. Yep. But they didn't even give you that opportunity. They did yeah. the fucking nasty girlfriend <laughs> thing where they go on and talk amongst them fucking selves. <laughs> I've made a decision. I've made a decision. <laughs> and they've gone, Alan, come in. Yeah. And it was easy for them because they're fucking already all on the same page, but you're the person who's... That's psychologically disturbing, yeah. bro. They fucked you hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so not fair. Oh, well. It's life, man. But uh, it is life, but I'm, I don't stand for it. Yeah, I know. If I was you, because I, I'm different, I was older and... Yep. Remod, I'd say, no fucking way that I'm being fired today. 
you guys have been talking amongst amongst yourselves without involving me, mm. and this is all about me. Mm-mm-mm. I wouldn't stand for it. And mm. then they'd be going, "Oh fuck!" To be fair, like ten people got fired that day. <laughs> okay, but I still would have yeah, been that guy that didn't get fired. Yeah, yeah. I still would have been because that's the spark that keeps you on. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You weren't confident enough yet. You still had too much attitude and you accepted the... the I was just like, whatever, I got yeah, this. You accepted and it. That's what it was. But it's like, now, yeah. you'd even at least say to them, well, Hold this on. is fucked. Hold on, yeah. Yeah, you'd be a little bit like, well, fuck, I don't get a say. Yeah, yeah. At, you're a different you now. Yeah, definitely, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But like at that time, it's like, that's unfair in my opinion. Mm. We've got to learn from these things. And that's, uh, that's what I'm very thankful for. And we are talking about meditation the other day. And that's something oh that God. I do very actively. Uh, uh, Mr. Zen that doesn't meditate. <laughs> I need to. But that's something that I do very actively is like ref- self-reflect and then be thankful for the decisions that I've made. And it kind of solidifies, you know, what we're saying about self-motivation and all that kind of stuff in the morning and, mm. and um, just staying on your path and all that kind of stuff mm. and accepting your choices and, and um, not looking back. That, that's, that's kind of something that I remind myself of. Accepting like, choices is a big one. It's kind of like, like what you're saying about um, the mistakes that I made. I kind of go, yeah, okay, cool. That was a mistake. I won't mm. do that again. But look what I've learned from it. Mm. I won't do it again because I've learned from it. You know? like, I know what you're saying now that I'm, I've gone through it. Mm. For sure, if that was to happen again, I'd be like, hold on, motherfuckers. You're not firing me today. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, because now you're, you can see who you were before, which yep. was like, you thought you were king shit at oh, the time. Bro, but now me. you look back on it and it's a, there's a real lesson in younger people having so much attitude, which is essential when you're young because yeah. you need to have attitude to stand out. Yep. But then at some point, the attitude becomes so fucking boring yep. that you better fucking get good at one thing, yep. which is writing for you. You know what I mean? Like you picked up that sure. skill yeah. and now, now that's a good segue to go back to <laughs> talking about your show. Sure. Okay. So, so you're doing a show which in, in a super saturated market. Yes. Uh, you're, yes, you're, yes. You're food, right. Food, food blogging, food blogging. Yep. Yep. Blah, super blah, saturated. MasterChef, Newham, whatever. It's all been done. It's all done. There are a lot of characters out there. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who have good palate. Yep. Um, there are a lot of writers out there. Yep. A lot so of journalists that make so their way over. So what's your, um, what's your general thought? Like your, your, your overall umbrella thought on that, that you're going into a saturated market, which is really risky. Not, uh, not risky, but it's more like less risky in some ways. But to stand out, it is risky because you're in such a market where there are a lot of Well, it's not necessarily a good business decision. It's not a good business decision, I know. But, um, you, I mean, I, I can tell that you're pulling it off so far, but it's like, yes, what, tell me about it. Because the first pilot was just you handheld camera going around your yep. area, having fur and stuff. And the yep. second one's gotten super polished because you've got Daniel Kardaji. 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 Yeah. Fuck, I'm Indonesian. I should know these surnames, <laughs> man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With a surname like Fox, though, you know, fair, pretty vague about that shit. Yeah. But Kardaji. Yep. He's amazing, he is great. by the way. I yeah. can't wait to get him on the show so yeah. I can grill the guy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's like not many people go leaps and bounds sure. within two videos. Yeah. And not many people have such a good first video. Thanks. Um, for me anyways, the, the, 
it's been the miss or the underrepresentation of the circles that I've been in. And then food culture circles? Southwestern Sydney. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Cabramatta one. There's not a Luke lot Nguyen of... Luke Nguyen does that. Does he? Yeah, like Luke Nguyen I, talks okay. about... I mean, yeah, okay. sure, he's in the city and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he, he goes on and on about like, I know. And so, as, where uh, his mother from the restaurants yeah, yeah, yeah. in get out west I get and stuff. That. I get yeah. that. I get that. Mm. But... But he's not our, really... Our age... I get you. Okay. He's, not, uh, he's living it up. I get you. No, no. It's not, it's not about living it up. It's, it's not about living it up. That's... that's I won't say cliched, but it's a story that's been told. The cabra matter of the drug era, the cabra matter of the heroin selling era, the, the, the immigrant generation, all that kind of stuff. How about the generation after that? Mm. Growing okay. up underneath immigrant parents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then now we're in a world where, uh, like you said, the digital age has gotten, made the world so much smaller. It, it's affected it. And there's a no lot doubt. of people, and there's, yeah. there's a lot of people my age who poo-poo on all that kind of westy culture and all that kind of stuff let's go straight to the city straight to instagram let's go that. to the nicest cafe take a photo of their eggs benedict or wherever it is i get you and it, there's this culture of aesthetic food and all that kind of stuff but we're losing that like i don't give a shit if it looks like shit if it tastes awesome that's where i want to go when I, when I was at your family restaurant yeah. i'm like can i order a lot now which is like it's not even on the city menus yeah. because it looks like glug it, it looks and like it, glug and people are like there's no it's color the and but it's the it's awesome. It's a bomb. Gravy noodles. It's a bomb. It's so good, right? Yeah. And everyone's so driven on image. And I'm like, yeah. I want to steer away from that. I want to steer. There's like, okay, you're saying it's a saturated market, mm. but all I'm seeing is the same shit. Food porn. I get you. Fine dining, Fine master dining, chef. food porn, master chef, plating, uh, organic yeah. this, organic that. Little flowers. Dude, I want to know about the hole in the wall, how good that is and why a bowl of noodles costs 10 bucks still. But so Food Safari does a good job of it does. real food it culture. Does. It does, it does, it does. And I admire Maeve Amara and I admire that show but on you're SBS. you're a shitload funnier. She would never say, I'm from the jungle, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine she goes, but, I'm from the jungle, but bitch. There's, there's, <laughs> I, I found that there's no one in my generation who would want to explore the backstory who would want to explore stories and themes within food culture but the, i don't know ca- but master chef is a good show i watch it i mean it's a big it production is. show it but is. It, it teaches me about culture and stuff i mean the only thing that i never liked about master chef was for years and years and years especially the first few years okay. they kept pushing people to chase their food dreams yep. they kept they even went as far as saying if you're a, a woman at home housewife chase your food dream yep or quit your job yeah yeah and i was like man i don't know how that sat with me at all i was never pro the <laughs> idea of people chasing a food dropping everything in life yep. to to do to do to do bacon and eggs all day mm. i mean it's not like you're going to run a restaurant straight yeah. away you've got to put the hours in first right yeah but see the thing the thing that rubs me up the wrong way about master chef as well is that there's an expectation like you get judged on how it looks all that kind of stuff how it tastes is really like that how it tastes on tv is it might as well be bullshit to me well they, they eat their food they cold. eat their food cold we all know it now. yeah so i'm like yeah. how yeah. how how can you possibly judge that cold yeah you, you because the texture How of a ladna, you? can you fucking imagine a ladna? Cold. Cold, it'd, it'd be, be like, glue. Yeah, it'd be glue. I'm, wi- I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm with you and on that. And especially with the plating, even with, this is what bugs me, right? Like all the traditional Asian, oh, like she's bringing her heritage and her culture to it. 
plates at like a fucking five-star fine dining restaurant. That's not how it looks. I sit at home and go, that's not how it looks. That's not how it comes out to me. There's actually more art in the 80s style making a beautiful lotus flower mm. out of a carrot. Oh, 100%. That's what Chinese people used yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. They don't even bother anymore. Yeah. But once upon a time, like we'd all go to Chinatown and there'd be heaps of decorative uh, exactly. knife work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's sad that that's gone, actually. Yeah, and like my uncle used to do, like at family parties, he'd get a watermelon and you know how they no. make it look like a big fucking rose and shit? There you There's go. So yeah. much art to it. But and it's, that's it, it's traditional. Dying. And that's... It's That's, dying. It's dying. Because now they're doing the smear. Because everyone's... <laughs> yeah, the fucking smear. How, do, how can you call it a smear and not think of tampons and... Oh, it's just disgusting. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I'm just oh, saying, oh. why would you call it a smear? Yeah, but I know what you mean. It's like, <laughs> oh, we're using paintbrushes and we're putting on microgreens and shit like... Man, I don't give a fuck, dude. If I'm going out for a $12 bowl of fur, I don't care if the pieces of green onion on top are the same size. But I've size. always struggled with that. I'm a foodie and people would assume that I'm a fine diner. No. But bro, I love I'm not a fine food, diner. You know? Me too. And that's, I mean, I mean, the aspect that I want to take with meal friends is that it's less about the food. It's less about how the food looks. And this is like, if me and you went out to, like me and you went out to Peking, Kensington Peking restaurant the other night, right? Mm, mm, mm. And it's been there since your dad. Pink, pink napkins. Pink napkins, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we know how good that f- duck is. Mm. And that duck comes out and he shreds it at the table and it's there's messy. No, yeah. There's no, there's no garnish. There's nothing. But we know that that is a bomb meal to have. Yep. That is such a good meal to have, right? There's no presentation in it whatsoever. And, and one, the, like it's, it's about the meal. And I think that the elements of a meal don't solely rely on what's on the plate. I think that what is important to a meal is company, which is why the show is about meal friends. Yeah, It's about why are we having this meal? Because if it was really about the food, you'd sit there with your mate, you'd shut the fuck up and just eat and go, mm, this is delicious. Sure. But you're just, fuck, how good is this? And we're talking about other shit as well. It's a catch up. It's a catch up. It's a, it's a, it's a social... It's, it's a, a bigger, bigger picture thing. Exactly. It's more than the food on the plate for me. And that's why it's not a food show. It's, okay. It's not a food show. It's a, the food is the underlying thing that brings people together. Yep. But if you notice from that first episode, I wasn't like, ooh, the flavors are delicious and the nuance of the flavor. There was no palate talk. It's, there was no... Everyone fun. has their own opinion of what something tastes like. And the only yeah. thing that I could project was how spicy it was. Yeah, in that instance in that instance what are you going to do with other things that aren't spicy obviously you're going to have to bring some food terminology into it so with the next episode we haven't filmed it yet and i think this is going to go out before the episode comes out but the idea that i had right is because it it's going to be you nanami we're going to go have some authentic japanese food Mm -hmm. but where i'm seeing it is the authenticity of the japanese food is something that nanami is vouching for and she is Japanese herself and she uses a lot of Japanese stuff like Japanese culture in her art she uses a lot of Japanese um, culture with her lifestyle like it like it's all authentic and that's where I want to that's what uh, that's interesting about Nanami right because she is she is half Japanese half European and not a lot of people explore one side of their um, their culture like that not Mm. a lot of you know a lot of people that I know anyway who are you know half uh, half European, half Asian, and who are here, their experience is here in Australia. Yeah. I'm Australian. Yeah. But she's looked further back into her. Well, well that's, that's the thing. Really her her mother's really Japanese. Yeah. Right? That's really Japanese. interesting to me. And 
the way it started with the Nami was that she would only start eating at places that her mum would eat at. Mm, mm. So, you know, you have places that are funky, mm. like Mappen. Yeah. Mappen's pretty trendy. You, yeah. you go along. It's like in Japan, you, get, you, you, you build your meal yep. as you go yep. along. But Nana's mum is not like us going in there thinking, whoa, this is fun and exciting. She's like, oh, this is just like Japan. Yeah. Oh, I know what I'm doing. Mm. But that shop fit out cost them a million dollars. Yeah. And I'm like, they made it look wartime Japan. Hmm. Is this it's, the it's Muppin in Bondi? In, 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 no, no, it's the Muppin in George Street. Oh, okay, another one. Yeah, yeah, so sure. So it's kind of like, that was the first one. And it was like, the, the million dollar interior design spun me out because they made it look cheap and old. Hmm. I mean, same with Deus. Deus costs a million dollars or yeah. more to fit yeah. out. And old, town, like old Town Hong Kong, whatever it is in the city, is expensive and it looks like a shitty that, 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 fucking that, that brick It's the wall. look. It's, yeah. the, it's the hipster kind of worn recycled Industrial timber look. Industrial, this, you know? that, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, she goes there yeah. and she eats and she returns a tray. And that's interesting and to me. You know, yeah. and then and then I suppose the Nami over time just learnt. Yeah, I don't want to eat Japanese food being prepared by Koreans because they've just come into Sydney and seen the Japanese sushi boom, and then it's like uh, okay, I'll I'll use it in the um the context that I was in, right? Because a lot of Laos people open Thai restaurants. This is the same this exact, exact thing, thing. Right? and because yeah. Laos food and Thai food are very very different in it. They, so you said Laos people open Thai restaurants because Thai is trendy. Thai is trendy and, yeah. and it's it's accessible and they have the curries and the rice and yeah, yeah, you yeah, go yeah, and yeah, you yeah. order the, your green there's curry and your rice. There's and mild, there's hot, yeah, there's yeah. basically... But Laos food is... You've been to my restaurant and this is where it all starts to get funky, right? With mm. the sticky rice. I love it, love it. The sausages, the, the barbecue, ox tongue, the yeah. pork belly yep, stuff. Yep, yep. That's Laos cuisine. Yep. But we like a lot of people disguise it as Thai cuisine. Yep. Because it's not... It's it, 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 no one's heard of Laos. No oh, it's just Laos. yeah. And that's the same thing with like really authentic Japanese food. And this is what I want to explore. Yeah, like she'll order uh, the wings of a fish or something. Oh, I love that. You know, the salmon that, wings. Oh, yeah, awesome. that's it. Beautiful. Like, you know, and it's always um, ordering too much. Mm. I mean, that's the thing. Like you always order too much mm. and you mm. can eat. Mm. I think that's a real Chinese thing too. Yeah, I do that. You just want to taste a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> have a bit. I take away. I'll eat it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, did, I did take away that duck and. Did you have it yesterday? That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it was but um, yeah. So that's kind of the, that's that's where I want to explore with this show is the the culture stuff, the culture, what it means to people to have this meal, and this is why it's called meal friends because uh, everyone has their own opinion on what a meal, what a good meal is, right? And I think that food is such a a way in a window to to a very intimate part of a person's past, a very intimate part of a person's culture. Um, I mean, like even us going for Peking, you recited the fact that it was a place that you, you know, your dad had come to, and all that. Yeah. And it's 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 a very intimate sharing of of of. of There's so much in that story rather than just a hipster turning up and queuing uh, up. Like, oh my god, this is the, the best duck ever. No, shit, you, yeah. you've been coming here since you were a kid. I love that. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. The, the, that, the uncle I was having that when I was ten. The uncle still calls you Linda's boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's nothing. And yeah. I love that. And this yeah. is this is the experience I want to share. That yeah. it's a meal is we should, more. We should go to his restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. But he's gonna come out and. <laughs> play with your beard again, but it's more than it's more than the food. That's that's what it's all oh, about. I get you. Me. I get you. And I and, and it's something that I haven't seen. That's the garage for me. Everyone goes, "Why aren't you posting car shit?" I'm like, "It's not ah, about that. Yeah. You don't yeah. get it." Yeah. 
and then and yeah for me that's when you say it's a saturated market i go it is but it isn't yeah i i, I from I the see. surface it looks like a food show but there's more that I want to get into. I mean, it's only been one episode so far, so well, I don't want to. I don't want to lock yourself down. I don't want to lock myself down. You never but, know where you're going. But go. you know, my intention is to to explore further because that's the yeah. We're both starting at the same time in terms of being in front of cameras and stuff. Yeah. Like I've noticed that you were conscious yeah. in that video. Like yeah, sometimes yeah. you fell out of connect and consciousness. Yeah, and I was thinking, looking. Yeah, around, and I could yeah. tell that you were thinking and I'm even worse. My first videos were reading a script uh, without even being on camera. So yep. I couldn't even wing it. I had to read a script without the camera and I still suffered. Mm. Like I still couldn't do it. But mm. it's funny how you can spend, I spent two years thinking about doing it but was so scared. But then as soon as I started, I'm kind of like 10 podcasts in it's pretty comfortable yeah so it's like there's a lesson in that for people too i mean for me it was um i mean being around video production all that kind of stuff with you've always work i've been around it right like i said Uh, if you can write you can and and i've i've been around it for so long and and seen how other people have done it and being in my own headspace thinking that i could do it Mm. This is like when we're talking about building up your ego and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes you've got to dial it down. And this is what it was for me. Putting out that camera matter episode was me dialing down my ego and saying, I'm not good at this at all, but this is what I can do. And this yeah. is what I was trying to prove to myself. This is what I like. Every time I watch back, I'm like, that's all you, like, that's what you did, dude. Like, yeah, you made that. I made that. Yeah. And I can see my own faults. I can see my own shortcomings. But, but, but worst comes to worst, you still could rely on yourself. Yeah. See, this is the thing. Like, I don't think it's that great to be so hyper-specialized that you need to rely on somebody else. Exactly. I still think, bottom line, there's something in... I've always said people should always get really good. Master one thing. Yeah. Okay? Because when you get really, really, really good at something... Mm that's where you have 100% confidence. It yeah. only comes from And you can only slaying. build it. And then, and then you can only build it. And f- from my perspective, the only way you can build it is by doing it. Uh, you can think about it. You can read about all the... Sure. the l- experience. Uh, the experience is, yeah. is going to get you... You can read the theory yeah. behind something, but without the practical application, you're never going to get anywhere. That's why from what you saw with the Cabramatta episode, mm. which I edited, I didn't... Sh- I, I shot part of that but I edited that as well. But the editing for the second one, I learned from the first one. Exactly. But the, what I like about the first video that you did, it was like all on your own, is you showed a jack of all trades trait, mm. which is also really valuable mm-hmm. in society. You mm-hmm. know, like you've got like um, Kylie Minogue, who wasn't the best looker, wasn't the best singer, wasn't the best dancer. But she but put, you it, all put together. it all together and you become a pretty fucking cool <laughs> little package, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the first video. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know what? I did this. I'm going to be Lenny Kravitz. I'm going to do the drums, <laughs> the bass, the guitars and the vocal. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I like that um, as a survival yep. thing. Yep. To be able to not rely on somebody else yep. is Pretty fucking good trait yeah. to have, bro. Yeah. And I knew, like, after the first one, I knew that I could keep going that way. Sure, but if you, yeah, sure. If, but I, if Daniel, I really... Daniel's really... What Daniel's done... Yeah. It's really Ooh. elevated the Ooh. look of it. Oh, yeah. beautiful, right? So, um, I spoke to Daniel about this idea about putting the show together almost a year ago. Yeah. And, um, it's amazing how we stall things for so long. I know. Uh, well, yeah, a, lot to do, a lot was to do with the fact that I was still 
new with the freelancing stuff because as soon as I quit that job th- I knew this is what I wanted to do and it mm. took a year for me to do it because I spent a couple of months fucking around like just enjoying my freedom and then I, after, after that I lost my license for a bit so I was just stuck that's at home right. working bro I can't believe I you lost your license I know that, that's so stupid. hardcore and especially work well luckily for me I didn't have anywhere else to be how long was it lost three for? months yeah this is yeah it's a long it's a long enough time it's long enough but it's, it's a lesson for sure. Uh, yeah, and I treated that as a fuck, like a. It's more than a slap on the wrist. Um, I used that time to research, develop even further. Yep. Um, and then it came time for me to do the video, mm. and this is when I did the camera matter video. So I was learning a lot from what I could do. Bought a, like bought a new video camera, all that kind of stuff. Put it all together. Um, but the conversation that I had with Daniel uh, was really important that first time because we were talking a lot about collaboration, a lot about um, each other's strengths, each other's weaknesses. Oh man, he's got strengths in... He's definitely got strengths in, in, oh, in his cinematography. And Fantastic. Yeah. And that's something that if I can give him another outlet to show his skill, yeah. I'm going to give him that outlet. I'm not the best at it and I'm not going to be that guy who's just like, who hangs his hat on the fact that I did everything. I really want to help my mate. Like the intro song, my mate Jeffrey did that for me. Okay. And that was great. Like, I was yeah, just like, good. dude, I, I just want like a really cool rap song. I want it to be like a kind of ripoff of Kanye West, uh, Real Friends. Yeah. Um, and he put it all together for me. It's not even the final version. I was like, I'm going to use it. Yeah. It's cool. Oh, it's awesome. And I put it all together. It's and original. It, like, I'm helping people out. And a lot of people are like, did you make that music? I'm like, no, no, check it out. This guy that makes other yeah. music as well. But it's a platform where I'm not afraid to say, I'm not the best at making music. I'm not the best at shooting video. But check out my mates. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. That's the dream though, you know, like to be honest, um, in the beginning of my career, I did get really good at design. Yeah. And I definitely was the person that the company would rely on. Mm. But I think as you go on, you realize, man, you meet people that are way better than what you can do. You know, I met people that were like, holy fuck. So I'm kind of like, man, I learned pretty early on that this guy does amazing CG 3D stuff. Yep. And I'm like, opened up a 3D app. Yep. And I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm going to learn this. Yeah. You know, so I contacted some guy and said, let's have a visual conversation where I send you like a, a visual dialogue. Yep. Where I send you a, a Photoshop artwork. Then you interpret it and mm. fuck around with mm. it as much as you want with mm. layers and stuff. Mm. And then you send it back to me. Then I reinterpret it and send it back. So it's almost like a tennis game. You're yeah. going back and forth and the images are different. And yeah. And next thing you know, I've got 3D CG work in my folio because the thing that he sent back was my artwork with all this CG stuff in it. I'm like, just chuck it in my folio. Done. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm done. It's kind of like I I learned really early on that you can't master everything. And there's always going to be someone. There's always someone better than you. There's always going to be someone better. Mm. And it's kind of like rather than being competition with them, why not just work with them? Yeah. If you can't beat them, join them, right? Kind of like that. It's I don't kind know of if like I the, believe in that no, saying no, completely, but, but I, I think there's a little bit of like, um, th- th- there's something in collaborating with people yep. uh, in order so to enriching. to not waste your time to catch up to someone when someone's already mastering it. Yep, 100%. Um, and it's what I said about um, if you're the smartest person in the room, get out of the room, right? 
you need to challenge you yourself. need to challenge yourself and that, and, I, and I like being around people who are better than me in different aspects because it challenges me to think higher on their level as well like with Daniel the stuff that he does the stuff that he shot I'm like I could never do that you could but now now that I've seen how he does it I'm like maybe I could apply that to my own thing you could but it, what I like about it is that you're not and you're using him that's the thing like I okay I said before that I couldn't wait for photographers anymore so I started doing myself so yes I yeah. contradict myself you can go ahead and master something yeah um, you got better than I did <laughs> chick photography damn but you know what I'm still shooting in auto ISO aperture mode oh wow and uh, 1.4 and I never touched the ring yeah I mean so yeah. Bro, I mean, what helps what helps with your photos is the 1.4 it's amazing but that I know how to do fantastic. it like yeah. I somehow can focus on an eyeball mm. even though the chick's moving and mm. somehow I've years and years and years of forcing myself to never change that ring mm, mm, mm. has given me a style cool. yeah. or a skill. I don't know, but it's like a stubbornness, I think, you know? Yeah. Like cool. I've, I even had people say to me like, um, technical people comment on my blog and say, Chromic you know, aberration, maybe you should shoot in, this and that. Change, raise your f-stop, yeah. whatever. I'm like, why would I do that now? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? That's like your I'm style now, much, dude. I'm your pretty style. much... The camera is set on auto, and I just point and shoot. Like so the camera's set to Justin Fox. It's no, it's no different to the first time it. I picked up your camera and saw all the buttons and went, "Oh my god, this is daunting." You know what? Yeah. I don't touch anything. Yeah, the focus is set on dead center so that I can focus on one thing and then frame. Point it focus over. and frame. But you know, fra it's framing is something that framing is something that sets you apart from from a lot of other people. Man, I didn't just do a four-year design course that focused on framing. The golden ratio. I actually did so much more work yeah. after that on framing. I learned like, I learned so much in the year that I did design college. But that's what I'm saying, like the the the, the first dis, uh, Australian Infront site was yeah. so hardcore grid. No one had seen a tighter grid before. You know what? The the first time I actually ever heard of you Justin was when I was doing design college in 2009. Yeah. At Billy Blue. Billy Blue. Okay, that's and a good then school. It's, it wasn't bad. It's uh, I've, taught, I've, I've spoken there a few times. I think you were on the wall or something. Um, but yeah, so they, they uh, well, one of my tutors used your website as an example. Okay. And that's the first time I heard of you. And then when you came along, I'm like, wait, isn't this Justin Fox from like JDMST? Yeah, different It was the same guy, yeah, a different yeah. lifetime ago. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, design college, what were you saying, sorry? Oh, no, 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 but that, it's good. It's just, it's about the grid. It's like, yeah. I know that that's that's confidence. Yep. That's the confidence. Yep. When you know that you can look at every motherfucking photographer that has a billion more followers than you yep. and you're looking at it and you're going, this guy's just shooting tits and ass. Mm. There's no fucking mm -hmm. grid work going on here whatsoever. This is off. Or all those kids shooting cars. Mm. I'm like, guys, just please shoot the car front on for me. And mm. they can't do that. Mm -hmm. They send me a photo and I measure, I don't even need to measure. I can see you it. Look at, yeah. But then I, I just, I can already tell that and there's like a 10 pixels between the left guard and the edge, edge of the photo. It's and off. there's about 25 pixels on the right side. But they can't see it? Yeah. Can't you see one headlight slightly different than the other? Yeah. Like you look at widths. Yeah. You, you it's know, like when we're setting up the camera, the webcam right now, and bottom, both of us were looking at the, look bottom at the bottom of the table. Because yeah. we both know the grid yeah. and we both knew to... And this is what I'm saying. Like if you don't know how to do that, you then you're it. fucking winging it. Yeah. And you're getting all these likes <laughs> that are justifying that you're a good singer on Idol or whatever, but it's all bullshit. But we both know that social numbers are bullshit. 
We both know it. But it hurts. This is what I'm saying. This is this is the thing. Like when you become a small percentile, yeah, it's almost damning because mm. it, it's like you will never get that fame and all the big hits and stuff because what you're doing fa- it what right. Fa- what is fame but these days? I know, days? but I'm just saying it's like it's frustrating yeah. when. It's frustrating when I shoot with a girl that doesn't see my work as being better than another photographer. Oh, yeah. Why don't you airbrush my skin? No, shit like or, that. You or know. They've they've got even worse, they'll put an criteria. Instagram filter on my... That is the fucking Bro, biggest slap in the face. On. I'm just saying. It's the I'm biggest slap in the face. I'm just saying. You spend all this time to color correct and all this kind of shit. And that she happens just all the time. Toast on top of it. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah, and it's kind of like... You know, I've had photographers over uh, to teach them framing, but before that, like, I'll I'll have a girl over and I'll yep. just watch them shoot. Yeah, and that uh, I've got to be careful not to mention names. Um, so they'd, they'd be sitting there like for like fucking one hour shooting in the same corner of my house. Yeah, you were saying that. And I would just jump in there and, and like, go, "What the fuck are you still change, in the dude. corner yeah. for? Like, nothing's gonna change. Are you taking five hundred shots in an hour, hoping that one of them's good? Yeah, pretty much." I'm like, that's a shocker. You can't, That's yeah. a shocker. Uh, you should be able to go in there, a trap frame the shot. Yeah. I got an idea. I got to frame yeah. it. You frame it and yeah. you're out of there. I mean, the last shoot that I did, I mean, and someone, like, I was telling someone about the process behind what I, like, what I do, right? And they were just like, how the fuck do you get the shot? I go, if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, move on. We were doing a walk through Lancover National Park. I was just like, okay, that looks cool. Get her up. And then, nah, it's not working. Keep going. You got to. You, you can't, can't expect. You can't be like yeah. um, keep playing with camera settings uh, uh, to try it to make it work. Change you got to move. Yeah, you got to yeah, move. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. Like I said to this guy, you got to move. So at the end of the day, it's like he moved, and then it's like he was stuck in another place, like another corner. <laughs> yeah, shooting her in the bathtub for an hour, and I had to interrupt and go, guys, you've been in there for an hour. I'm bored out yeah, here yeah, by yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. Please come out. Yeah. I'm like, give me a fucking memory card. Yeah. Chucked it into the laptop, and next, I, I, next, I, next, I, next, yeah. next, 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 next. Yeah. Every shot's the same. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my God. It's like, why are you really hoping for yeah. a good shot? Yeah. And then I pick out a few and then just a little bit of rotation here and there and a little bit of cropping. Mm. And then I just put a grid up and showed them what I was doing. And, and every, every time they would actually go, oh. I've really got to start taking now. more photos, dude. They're like, I get it, you yeah. know? I've got to start taking more photos again. That's something I really miss. Yeah. Well. Videos. You're, you are doing... I mean, I think, I think the videography thing is mm. the pinnacle. It's like F1 or whatever. It's the pinnacle. But sadly for me, I don't think in video. I think in pictures. Okay. I don't think in words. I think in pictures, not in video and not in words. I think in pictures. So it, I get you. my quickest thing is to just, uh, you know, just say uh, an interesting com- thing comes in the mail mm. or I just want to take a snap of it. Yep. And you're really good at that. Upload it blog yep. about it yep whereas other people could be that comfortable with video mm. that instead of taking that photo they would have instantly videoed it and unopening it yeah, i don't yeah, know what, yeah. they're I unboxing. what you mean. yeah but for me i don't know if i can get there with this format mm. i don't think it i was i don't think it's my format i think i'm still a static artist yep. painter mm. um i love drawing and pencils mm. and you know i think yeah. i'm more static for me though, because f- when I started doing video, um, it was 
it felt more natural than photos in terms of storytelling for me because I was able to use movement and all that kind of stuff. Well, you can more easily get a message across because you can explain yourself. Like with the editing for for the first video I did, I was, I had no idea going in right but then as soon as i saw the, all the footage i kind of like it's like when we put together designs and stuff like that there's layers and sure. uh, like for me the layering was uh the the picture the music how that all works together that there was like in my mind there was like there was already a, a pattern forming a, a, a scaffold forming for me sure so I, I started to think that way but before it used to be all about framing and all that kind of stuff mm. but that's less important when like for, for a longer format to tell a story for me anyways these days well yeah that's the thing with an image you can't really lie that's what yeah, i'm saying like yeah. if you, no you're right if you look at um like, like, like i'm saying like i can easily very confidently look at a girl's instagram page yep and say all these guys are shit that mm. have shot you uh, and I can very easily prove why I think it's shit yep. and I can also guarantee you that not many professional photographers would be liking their images yeah. it'd be the wrong kind of guy liking the yeah. image it's not a professional photographer would not like that image because they can instantly see it's technically and bad and I want kids to know this because they're all fucking high and mighty yeah. but what they really need to know is that you know what all of my mates, Luke Huxon, Dino, they could see your shot and just go, you guys are shit. Tec- technically terrible. they won't terrible. say it because there's no point. No. But I will. I'll call it out. You know yeah. what I mean? It's I, like... It was the general vibe of um, even when I was working at the agency, mm. like near enough is good enough for them now. I hate that that'll do attitude, bro. That that'll do attitude. That'll do attitude. Is that'll the do. Just put in front of the camera. To have. Slap oh, the shutter do. on it. Oh, that'll we'll do. We'll put a filter oh, that'll on do. it. Yeah. It'll do. Oh, that'll do. It'll do. No, there's no art to it anymore. It's a product. That's what I hate about it. That's what I hated about being in an agency was not you. When I was saying that there weren't creative freedoms, there wasn't time for us to develop the finesse. But no one knows this. This is the thing. Like, uh. like, I, like I talked about with the uh, need for speed job that we did for EA. Yep. The whole world will judge us on what they saw, mm. but they'll never know what happened behind the scenes. Yep. And same with Bettina Banks on um, My Kitchen Rules. Yep. You know, like I have friends saying, oh, she looks like a fucking dick. She looks stupid and stuff. I'm like, so you much guys more have to no it, idea that that's what they're, they're giving her a so script. Much, and yeah. The they producers have Asian something in mind. They, they, yeah. they have a the, yeah the so producers they played the hashtag thing yeah, yeah. because like she was the only girl that she never said that in real life exactly and it's like I hate that people are so naive yeah. to think that the end product is worth basing someone off it's yeah. like you know what because you've never experienced something like that yeah. you've you're so in the shadows. It's we're, we're behind the fourth wall, All Justin. they're doing is judging, bro. We're, we're and how does that make them cool when they comment and say shit like that and they get likes on their comments? It's kind of yeah. like, who's the one doing yep. and who's the one judging? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. What, I always say, if someone hammers me, I'm like, what have you done? Yeah. Justin, you and I are behind the fourth wall when it comes to this stuff. We can, we, we're sitting and we, we can see yeah. in, you know? A lot of people get carried away because... Their, the suspension of disbelief hasn't worn off for them, right? Like when you go inside, when you yeah, when you go, just judge you on your last yeah. fight. I yeah. hate that. Yeah. You can't judge someone on their last fight. If the UFC guy loses his last fight, Jose Aldo, ten years champion, ten years, oh, he loses a fight to Conor McGregor, and the whole world just goes, suck shit, suck shit. But Jose Aldo was crazy good at ten what he did. 
10 years Even he defended Conor McGregor He lost the fight against Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match And everyone was shitting on his MMA career No dude he still did it. He still did it. He fucking did it. But um, this is the thing. Like, it's so easy to poo-poo yeah, on people. Yeah, 100%. And this dude. never happened in the 80s. It's the internet. It never Gives him a platform, dude. Like I said, the internet is a soapbox for idiots to get up and yell whatever the fuck they want. And people go, But most of those cool. idiots are just really young. That's all. Yeah, I know. But there's, there's a lot of them. Yeah. They're loud. The youngest, they're the loudest. the loudest. Why would you have 80-year-old people screaming on Facebook? They've got better things to do. Because it matters. You, you know, the only reason it matters is because someone older looked at the comments online and thought that that was important. They go, oh, there's 100 comments on this that are all negative. It must be negative. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's 100 people sitting behind their keyboards with their dick in their hand going, oh, fuck, I hate this. Shut the fuck up, man. But they're writing it. Like, this is the thing. Like, uh, Joe Rogan talks about this. Jordan Peterson talks about it too. The current culture is to catch you out on something. Something that offends them. It's to catch you out. Mm. Their whole mission, mm. and this is, he's talking about Vice Media, HBO. Mm. You know, no, so and they are literally advice. trying to catch you out. They have an agenda mm -hmm. and they want to catch you out on something and prove you wrong so that that becomes the thing that gets them hits. Yep, and online it's a lot of mob mentality as well. You know, if if they've got a reason to rally, they'll do it. Mm. If there's a reason to belong, they'll do it. Because it's online, dude. It's so easy. The platform for these weak-minded, no self-opinion having fuckers—they all band together and online. They're dude. all the customers, and the customers always right. Oh, That's another shit saying that I never believe. I don't believe the that customers shit for always a right. I've never for once thought that the customer's always right. I know. No, I, look, okay. <laughs> why would you... Why okay, would okay. You I, under, I understand the concept of pandering to your audience, but if they're your audience. How is it that your customer's always right? How is that that saying even okay, exist? Okay. The customer is always right. I, I don't dispute that, but... What does it mean? No, no, no. But when someone goes, I'm a customer, but I'm not going to buy anything, then you're not a fucking customer, dude. Get the fuck out of but my what shop. What does the customer is always right mean? The customer is always right means they're coming in looking for what you're selling. And if I'm not selling it, then tough luck. Yeah. I don't know. It's a very vague old... I'm just saying, where does okay. the saying come from? Because I don't even understand it. The, the saying comes from... It probably comes from retail. I don't know. I'm making this shit up on the spot. Uh, let's but just try to figure it out. Okay. So the customer is always right. So like just, it, just say, just say you, just what does that mean? It's like, a it's a retail saying where okay, if the customer thinks it's wrong, then it's wrong. If the customer thinks it's broken, then it's broken. How does that it's work? It's because when it the if customer is happy, if you make an authentic Laos meal and they go, just, that's I, can't, I don't taste different. any flavor. That's different. That's, that's different. That's different. With food, it's completely different. With with food, I'm like, what do you mean? You're telling me that... I don't know how to cook. You're telling that, me that this isn't authentic. You're telling me that my parents aren't Laos. You're telling me... What are you saying? How does it not apply to food? I'm just saying. It does, it does apply. Right. Oh, the customer is always right. It applies yeah. to everything, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. That's what I'm saying. It's a bullshit saying. The other the other saying that was bullshit was um Guy Ritchie, Madonna's husband, was yeah. on uh, the Joe Rogan Joe show. Rogan. Right? And, and he goes, you know that saying... Um, don't hate the player, hate the game. Okay. And he goes, why the fuck would you believe in that saying? <laughs> life's a game. Don't shoot the messenger. It's like, life's a fucking game. Yeah. Don't fucking hate the game. You're fucking in it. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I, yeah. it blew my mind because I'm kind of like, bro, all these sayings that I've been demystifying all my life, I continue to demystify them today. Mm. But at the same time, there are sayings like "family comes first and stuff like. There's a lot of sayings. Uh, there that are some sense. nice sayings. Well, what is as a well. say? What is a saying? What is a saying? It's it's a quote that some guy's taken to make himself f- feel better about himself. But what happens with sayings is that people adopt them, Alan, and people adopt them. Oh no, I get, I get, I get that for the wrong reasons. Uh, sometimes I, I like, get that, but people, yeah, people readapt them for their own agendas. Like in yeah? the design podcast thing I did recently, um, I mentioned that when I was at uni, I was so busy partying and just having fun. Mm. But then y- you know, uh, my whole life motto was go with the flow. Yep. Everything was go with the flow. To that point in my life, 18, 19, 20, I was like, just fucking go with it, you know? I was rioting, you know? Then um, come like fourth year, the year that I was going to graduate, I'm this old guy that everyone thought was a freak. No one talked to him. He was a mature age student. Sure. I, for some reason, just decided to walk up to him and work next to him that day. Cool. You know? And I'm like, yeah, fucking go with the flow, bro. (laughs) 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 And And he just looked at me like, with a frown, you know, he's like, only dead fish go with the flow. That's true. And I'm like, that's true. Broke everything, <sighs> right? Shattered your glass. You know, a saying that hasn't let me down yet. What would courage have you do? Oh, yeah, because that's What would courage people, have you do? If you had courage, what would you do? What would you do? Yeah, that's the thing. That's a good question, too. Like, I, I think. Um, because this is this is what uh, this is what's driven me it, to do a like lot in my life. So what would courage scared. have me do? People are so scared to think of the potential risk and opportunities. Yeah. So instead of like you're saying, okay, so uh, Alan, what, what what do you think you you could do with your talents and stuff? What do you think you could do? Maybe you could do a video vlog. Uh, maybe you could work. And people are like, as soon as you start telling them what they could do. Hmm they start to have panic attacks and go, oh, I couldn't do that. Yeah, There's no yeah, fucking way. Yeah. But it's like, it's, all, it's like you need to remind them that we're just talking. We're just talking. We're just, we're just thinking out loud. Yeah. And that none of these things you have to do. Yeah. You don't have to do them, but let's uh, talk about them. It's, it, it, oh man, this is something, I don't know if I'm quoting it correctly, but when I was younger, right, there was this thing that came out. I think it was Michael Jordan getting uh, interviewed by Oprah. And Oprah yeah. asked him, like, how do you do these things in your life? Sure. You know? And the first thing he said was, identify where you want to be. Identify what your goal is, you yeah. know? And the second one, I'm sure I was getting paid for this, but the second answer was, just do it. Like, where's the... like? owns that. I know. pisses me off. But where's the... Where's the like, what he was trying to say is, where's the barrier? What's, what's, yeah. what's holding you back? And I yeah. think that that was very powerful in itself because it's the same thing as what would courage have you do. And a lot of people, like you say, you explain to them what needs to be done and they'll drag excuses from left, right and center to be like, yes. this is why I can't do it. Yes. And then you go, yes. none they're, of they're those de- obstacles are defe- real. They're defeated. And then even as, even mu- as much as you try to tell them that those obstacles aren't real, scared. they'll make those obstacles real. Yeah. It's fear, man. It's fear. End of the day, it's like... It's all about courage. People don't dude. even entertain the idea... Mm. And that's why I'm that's why I'm so upset when girls promote, you know, makeup or mm-hmm. health products. Because mm-hmm. I mean, if you're 20 years old, why the fuck are you going to the gym? Your skin's still young and beautiful, Bro, dude. You don't need that Botox shit. I'm just shit. like, man, tell tell come back to me when you're my age <laughs> and show me on Instagram that you're at the gym every day. Then I'll give you a high five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're 20, you've got boundless energy. Yeah, yeah. So why the fuck waste it at the gym? Yeah, you're right. You you. you 
So you're saying you can go out on Friday night, do all the drugs and drinks you want, and the next day you Bro, look fine. At 30, you can start yeah. still working on your health then, and you'll bounce back. Yeah. I'm just saying at 20, what's the point yeah. of promoting, A, beauty products? You're beautiful. Young. You're gorgeous. You don't need to beautiful put that shit, shit all over your fucking yeah, face. 100%. These girls almost look transsexual because they've got so much <laughs> fucking makeup on. Bro. Oh, oh no, no, shit, no, no, no. Oh, no, but no, no, no. But I did, no, I did mention that to someone like uh, earlier that the, the makeup, like you're so, so beautiful and feminine. Like I was, I was speaking to one of my female friends uh, about this topic and I was like, these girls that are so beautiful and feminine, why do they want to look like a fucking Kardashian? Lashes. Hair they all look the same. Fake tan. They all look the same. I'm like, where are you from? And, Bankstown. And then next thing you know, you're in your like uh, lazy Sunday shoot styles, but with the cake on. It's kind of like Dude, lazy Sunday is so sexy when your babe stop. has no makeup on. It needs that that Kardashianism needs to stop. That cake template face template cookie needs cutter. to stop because they all look the same, bro. Beautiful, like uh, my image of a beautiful woman when I was younger. Like you're saying, it's, la- it's lazy sun, just a loose dress, natural makeup. Even Elle like, McPherson never oh, had the eyelash. Uh, I'm just goodness. saying, exactly. She, was the body she, she wasn't was contouring. She no, wasn't. No, no, she wasn't no, no, drinking no. Oh skinny God, tea. Contouring. What the fuck? The nose. It's is painting to look like someone it's else. Airbrushing. It's like it's Photoshop. Real. It's live. And it, like yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna use highlighter. It's like it's like the brushes we use in Lightroom. It's like the brushes we use in Photoshop. And, and, it's and, and, accentuating and, 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 and see, hiding. Jordan Peterson would go on and on about how that is completely sexist because they're putting on the red lips to this appeal is, to men. Th- well, what do we do? Fucking nothing. We've got the doorbell. I know. Holy shit. Okay, we've got an uninterrupted uh, bogey. Sorry, guys. Doorbell. We're going to cut and come back. So, uh, so guys, we just uh, had the doorbell ring and it was a tripod, $10 tripod. $10 tripod, eBay. eBay, <laughs> eBay, eBay happiness. eBay, China, uh, China. But at the same time, Alan needed to piss, so... I, I, <laughs> I, did, I did. We <laughs> finished a whole bottle of beautiful uh, Kunawa Estate uh, wins. Thank you very much, Alan. You, he knows my favourite wines. Yeah. Um, and now I need to piss, so it's like, we just thought we'd wrap it up. Yep. It's been two hours and it's been... It's the first part. I'm sure I'll be back, dude. You will be back. I know. You'll be back. And you guys have to watch Meal Friends. Uh, Thank you. I will put links in the description. And this is the bit where I say the shitty fucking... Like, share, subscribe. But honestly, guys, like, I'm serious. Like, every time I've ever watched people on YouTube say that shit, I fucking hate it. But I think I'm a little bit more genuine about it. So, yep. And he'll be back on Facebook next week. So. I'm back on Facebook, so I'll be spamming hard as cool. usual. Um, Thanks for having me on, man. Awesome, bro. I needed you on. So, <laughs> you know, I think uh, here's cheers to us. Cheers, man. And I'm sure we'll do many more. I know. We'll be, I'm, I'm here for the next like eight hours <laughs> at your house anyway. So let's have a Siggy break. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. See you guys. See you Thank you. Time. Awesome. <laughs>